Okay, as we say every week in the show, another great episode is all going on this week. Last week, however, Lawrence Cheney was named the winner, and in the bottom was Tia Coffee versus Astina Mandela. And do you know what, Astina, she went home. She did indeed. <laughs> So welcome to the Drag Race recap show for Drag Race UK Season 2, Episode 4, titled Morning Glory. I am Ben. I am Fraser. Fraser like Razor. And you might know us from our podcast, You're Welcome America, where every episode we translate British pop culture for America. And American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. And for the next five weeks, we're going to be your hosts as we recap the second season of Drag Race UK. So let's get into episode four. I'm going to do a little overview for you, babes. So in the mini challenge, the queens must sell their cakes in the Great British Fake Off. And then in the maxi challenge, the queens will be co-hosting the UK's newest chat show, Morning Glory, live. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did they. Um, and, on the main, <laughs> and on the main stage this week, the category is Monster Mashup. Lawrence Cheney is named the winner of the challenge for the second week in a row. And the judges play Sister Sister and Ginny Lemon in the bottom two. And uh, what a wild lip sync this was. Sister Sister was told Shantae you stay because, to quote Tace, uh, Ginny Lemon bende la creme herself and had already sashayed away. I know. We say it every week, but another great episode. Oh. Yeah, this was a really, it just keeps every, every time I'm, I'm so excited to sit down and watch UK. And I just, again, I don't know if it is because we're covering it or because it's UK or whether it truly is that we're also having that kind of side by side comparison with season 13 as well. But I'm just like so excited to see what happens. And this episode was fucking nuts. (laughs) It really was. It was all go. Okay, let's get into it. Of course, as ever, the first scene, it's the fallouts after Astina's elimination. We're gonna come back, we're gonna come back into that music that I still can't quite do. It kind of goes, dun, 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 Sure, sure. Plinky, plonky, plink. Lovely. See, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. I was judging you in my head and then I tried it and I was like, oh crap, that was tough. <laughs> um, okay, so Estina was eliminated last week, so they trot back in. You know, another visual shout out to Tia's lovely green dress. And Tia, of course, you've been in the bottom two, she reads the mirror message. Now, essentially, babes, because you are Tia, do you want to do, do it for us? <laughs> of course, yeah. So she reads the mirror message and she says, she's like, rude. Always remember to have rat bite fever. Love you forever and always. I'll stay there. sure and then yeah and then there's basically just like this kind of moment where they're all kind of going like oh oh, it's so sad that Estina's gone and then this is I don't want to like go into this for too long but this is where I feel bad for Lawrence here because basically it's a real like drag race staple to do this thing where you're all like talking about the queen that's just gone and everyone's like oh she was so good she was so good and nearly every time one of the queens will put like a fun kind of button on the moment by being like well she you know she sure did sashay away do you know what I mean there's always like a, a fun moment so she tries to do that then what happens well yeah that that happens. I've just seen, I love this live typing from producer Bree. She's in her notes. Oh no, it's a note from you. And it says that I have to do Lawrence's quote here because essentially, as you said, Lawrence pipes up and tries to do a joke and Ginny's like, not now, stop it. And then Lawrence says, Ginny, get over yourself and get fucked. <laughs> 
<laughs> get get fucked is such a Scottish phrase. I would say, oh, get fucked. It's such a good. It's such a good like insult or such a good like come back to someone if you're just like someone's annoying you just like oh just get fucked get <laughs> fucked it although it did make me think okay we're in episode four we've said with the canadian series fraser have you been to canada yet any any trips uh, nope still any not trips? been to saskatchewan okay still not been to canada okay cool we said it with the canadian series and we've said it with the uk they're all very supportive of each other and everything's very positive. I felt like the cracks were really appearing in this episode because there was a lot of just little, little bitching and barking at one another. Do you know what I mean? Just like, just nibbling at each other's heels a bit. Yeah. There's a lot of sniping happening in this one. And actually, mm. even though this whole episode, a lot of this episode arc was about like a horror and tears, like, you know, making, building bridges and, and mending fences and all that stuff. I don't feel like that was the main, there was, there was way more like real snippiness happening. That one, felt like a nice kind of arc for the show but yeah there was some some needling happening for sure and i and i do think with my girl lawrence she it must be quite exhausting look we all adore lawrence as does rue which is so evident in fact i think lawrence is going to win just throwing that out there right now but i do think that it must be tiring being around lawrence because he's always got something to say so if you're if you're a bit tired and you know, Ginny in the last step, it was an emotional time for her. So if Lawrence is just piping up in your ear, you can imagine being like, do you know what, Lawrence is shut up. Yeah. So I can see that I, I, I get it. Well, that's why they get the best moments um, from that little bit of filming after the, after the elimination, because for us watching it as a viewer, we've had like a whole week to kind of reorient ourselves and, and kind of, you know, start afresh. And they are at the end of like a long, long day, those little shoots. Totally. So, so basically... Well, at this point, Tia, Tia kind of just is like, look, okay, you know, this has been a wake up call. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it together. You guys better watch out. And as she's, and she's cleaning the, um, the message off the mirror and she's like, oh, you just, uh, she's like circular motions that gets rid of the lipstick. And then Ahura pipes up and she's like, oh, well, it's good to know that's how we're going to get rid of your message, isn't it? And then like mm. herself and had Christine Aguilera <laughs> back to basics <laughs> drag look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah ahora i mean you mentioned it already ahora there's a lot going on with her in this episode and actually i wondered because she's getting so much focus i wondered if it was going to be her her time to go yeah this was a, a good classic misdirect wasn't it where it was actually mm-hmm. it was like oh i see what you're gonna do is make me really really like ahora touche yeah, i know <laughs> i know god we'll get into it also tia says here that um she has renewed confidence in her performing because essentially she's like look my my looks are shit but i won this lip sync so i'm really good performer um and i'm glad that this gives her confidence because she's on thin thin ice way for thin ice it's like you need to turn this around and fucking get it together uh, because we want more tea or coffee don't we we do right <laughs> what's going on next babes so we're back in the uh we're back in the workroom the next day i just want to stop down production just to talk to you a little bit about a selection <laughs> just a selection of outfits in the workroom okay i love 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 bimini's workroom looks this season she is always dressed like hillary duff in lizzie mcguire <laughs> i'm looking at it now yeah we've got a, a little uh bandana on the head we've got a very comfy almost juicy couture type um hoodie a little vest top underneath yeah very comfy it's, it's literally what 
Liz, exactly what Hilary Duff would wear in Lizzie McGuire. She looks, and she dresses like it every single week. I love it. It's a real like reference point and like it's really fun. And, uh, also big shout out to Ahura's workroom look. She's basically wearing like an oversized, like peach kind of sweatshirt. And I think she's wearing shorts underneath, but you can barely see them because the sweatshirt is so big. It's almost like a sweatshirt dress. I love mm-hmm. it. And I think she has like a big, big like purse on like a big thick chain around her neck. Yeah, like a big, a big white plastic chain. Yeah. I'm also enjoying a sister sister's look. She has like a, um, dungarees or we'd call them overalls in the US. And she's got like a lovely zebra graphic thing underneath going on. You know, big fan, big fan. Yeah. That was, that was really, they were the main, they were my kind of main highlights. Everyone else has got great. Oh, actually, I also like the, uh, the, our, our mate Ronnie, Ronnie G. She's just wearing like full on, like just the most normal outfit you could possibly wear. Totally. She's for our UK listeners. She's very like Burton menswear of a time. Yeah. She's like a real like base level straight male high street shop. Oh yeah. You know, I had a few choice items from Burton's menswear back in my time. Oh yeah. I think I had like a, 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 a kind of fake velour top from there did not wash well yeah i had a blue uh like a blue of different many different hues of blue striped shirt from there that i would wear exclusively for very like you know someone's 18th birthday i'd be like oh well i'll wear my burton shirt it was horrible horrible burton's, shirt. burton's birthday shirt yeah like going out shirt <laughs> so they're in the workroom now, Tace here, I was disappointed in my girl Tace here. Tace mm-hmm. is reminding Tia that she's been called basic by the Queens and Michelle, and she thinks it wasn't Astina's time to go. Um, it was, yeah, she, like they're all really laying into Tia that she is solidly basic. And Ver- Ronnie G says that, well, actually, not all of us voted to say that, um, that Tia was basic. So it's not like we're all saying she's basic. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and she also here, Ronnie G's really stepping up and, and defending, uh, our girl Tia and saying that, you know, we shouldn't underestimate her. Drag is not just about the clothes. It's the total package. Yeah. Which I, I agree with, but I would have phrased it more like it's also about personality because yeah. Tia's total package actually isn't great. It's more just her personality. Yeah. And it's definitely, that's, that is a UK drag race thing. I think way more than US drag race is, I think you can get a lot further on personality in the UK seasons than you can in the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it felt, it felt like kind of Tia was having to like defend herself. And she had a good point where she was like, she was like, well, actually you all voted for me to call me basic. And there's been like two different comments about, you know, very specifically the word basic. I know it kind of was coming down to semantics, but she was like, you know, she was having to defend herself because they were kind of making it sound like, oh, right from the start, she's walked in and every single comment has been, you're basic, you're basic, which isn't mm-hmm. true, but it is true <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but I think, I mean, last week, I think we got into the semantics of basicness and she is, she is like the best kind of basic. Yeah. The, the beautiful basicness that we adore, yeah. not boring basic. Exactly. Anyway, Rue pops on the screen and tells the queens, my morning glories, time to rise and shine. Now, if you want to be the UK's next drag race superstar, you better get with the program, girly. Now, here's myself, here's Michelle Visage with the traffic. <laughs> Michelle Visage. <laughs> Michelle Visage with she the traffic. She's a hard name to say. It is. It makes it sound like she's like on, on the roads, driving around and like swerving around. Michelle Visage with the traffic. <laughs> Rue drop, drops in, doesn't she? Oh, here she is. Ooh. 
Yeah. She, so she comes in and she's, this is where this mini challenge, I I just want (laughs) to, so basically she's like, she comes in to announce the mini challenge and she's the, you know, the, the brick crew come out with this tray of cakes and she's like, it's time for you to sell your cakes in a little show we're calling the great British fake off. And I was like, okay, I don't quite, my issue with this mini challenge is it was very directionless. I know that they were basically told you're going to each be assigned a cake and you have to sell it, but it didn't, I don't know what world we were in. I don't know. They said that, you know, it's a bake-off kind yes. of tone, but what they were doing wasn't what you would do on the bake-off. I felt like it was very rudderless. And that's why a lot I, of the, yeah. like weird performances here were very like not good. I think you make such a good point here because where in the show Great British Bake Off or just where in the world do you stand with a cake and have to verbally sell it? That's not a thing. So I, I, I mean, this is taking it too far into the next challenge, but imagine if you were like on a, you're doing like a baking infomercial and you had to sell it. Then I'm like, okay, I know what yeah. I'm doing now. I'm trying to sell this good to the, to the viewers at home. But yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit odd. And actually watching it, I got a slight panic because I was like, oh my God, classic, just putting myself into the situation. Like, what am I going to do? I don't quite know what to do. How am I going to yeah. sell it? Who am I selling it to? <laughs> No, I had the exact same thing. I was like, I've, I, I kept thinking, I was like, I've got nothing. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was looking at that, looking at like a plate of a plate of eclairs, and I was like, I've got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where, what I'm doing or where I'm going. Even even if Rue had said, you have to convince the group to eat your cake over everyone else. That's the task. Like I would get it. I'm like, okay, I'm in competition with the other girls and I have to convince them saying like, look, my Viennese swirls, forget about the rest. Eat these because you know what they're going to do to you girls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I tell you that, exactly. And then what you could have done is like almost turned it into the the reading challenge where you're like, well, don't eat so-and-so's cakes because they're going to be like this and so-and-so's do yes. this. And then you make it all about like something to do with their drag. That's kind of like a... Rather than like, oh, I mean, we'll get into it. <laughs> Let's get into it, babes. Um, okay. So, ho, ho. Tia, Tia was sell, Tia was doing, they called them jammy heart biscuits, which is. <laughs> okay. You need to break that down for us, please, babes. Okay. So in the UK, for any US or uh, overseas listeners who are not from the UK, the jammy heart biscuit was a substitute name for what we call jammy dodges, which are a biscuit, aka cookie, which are like a plain cookie, like a sandwich cookie. That's, that's how you describe it. Okay. So on the top of the sandwich cookie <laughs> is a heart made out of jam, which I believe again is jelly. So, okay. Picture this. You've got an Oreo. It's plain flavored, not chocolate. And on the top of the Oreo is a jelly heart on top of it. Right? Yeah, sure. And I think there's a little bit, isn't there like a little bit of like a solid cream thing in the middle as well? Like you get like from a custard cream. Isn't there yes. that going on as well? Yes. Anyway, they're, just, divine. they're, they're, they're a brand name, Jammy Dodgers. Yeah. That's why classic BBC, you never mention brands in the BBC. So that's why they're, they've come up with this kind of fake name for it. Yeah. And again, I don't really understand what Tia was talking about here. She was the first one up. I, I, she, she did that, that kind of fun run of the, the list of additives that were in there. And she did like the CNN, MSNBC, BBC three, BBC joke, which MS, was MSG. Yeah. Yeah. That was cute. I understood that. And I felt like hers made the most sense because she was selling it. There was some, there was some jokes and then she kind of collapsed and then crawled out from under the table, which Tace said, she's like, I've seen her crawl on the floor so many times. I was like, all right, Tace. 
Okay, who was next after Tia? I'm just having a little look. Um, oh, it was our girl. Well, not our, our Dundee queen, wasn't it? Oof. Oof, my so goof. What, what was I, going on here? Okay, what I was trying to get at earlier is that she was doing the thing where she she just started describing what she was holding. So she said that she was like, oh, it comes in this nice little tin. She was just panicking so much because she had no idea what was what to do that she just was just describing what she was holding. And it was just like very unfunny and very there was nothing she had nothing yeah it was another i I think we also get it later on the episode ellie is is showing her age as in like how young and slightly inexperienced she is bearing in mind she's never left dundee well she's that's not true she's never performed outside of dundee before (laughs) she's never left dundee i don't know she might not have so i feel like she showed some real weaknesses in this episode yeah um next up we had bimini now bimini she went for it like she's bimini's also just funny like you could give anything to bimini and whether she knew what was going on or not she would just run with it yeah she's got she's got a solid point of view and i feel like maybe that's the difference between say her and ellie is that bimini that whole run she did about brexit it's like she already had that opinion and she just kind of copied and pasted it and applied it to this challenge and it and it works so like she was like belgian okay belgian you know, I'm going to use my, this is my opinion on Brexit. So it was, she came from like a solid place to start with. And I think that's the difference, isn't it? It's like, you've got those like things in your head already good to go because they're just what you think, or they're a joke you've made before. Whereas some of the Queens just went into this with nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also it essentially her stick was Brexit. So it, it, yeah, you're so right. Such a clear point of view. And also for the producers making UK drag race, I'm like, they're like, great. We can do a whole gag and joke thing here about Brexit. That's something British that everyone in the rest of the world has heard about. Yeah. So it, it just, yeah, it completely worked. So just to clarify her POV on Brexit, she was saying, Oh, we can't call this. Cause what did she have again? Belgian, Belgian bun. Yeah, so she's like, we've left, well, we've left the EU, so we can't call it that anymore. Um, what else? How did she say it? I she was, she basically was, she was kind of talking about, she was, it was very smart. So she's basically talking about it in a very positive way, but what she was doing was describing the fact that it was terrible. So she was kind of being like, well, we can't call it this and we can't do it that. And because of this and because of that, she basically said, she kind of capped it all off with saying, well, you know, but whatever, all that matters is that Dave and thingy down the pub are happy, basically. So she, right. she did a full, she did like a full run about all of the downfalls of Brexit, but managed to make it a, a fake positive discussion of a Belgian bun. It was very good. Yeah. And just to explain to our non UK listeners, the, the kind of <laughs> one thing you might say, Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God. The one thing you might say about Brexit is like, Oh, well, as long as like Tony and Jim down the pub are happy, that's all, that we left the EU. That's all that really matters. It doesn't <laughs> matter that the fact that Brexit is a complete failure and is going to destroy the UK as long as Tony and Jim are happy down the pub. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I had to describe Jamie Dodgers and you had to describe Brexit. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh God. Oh my God. Did I ever tell you about the time I was living over in the U S when Brexit was going on and I had to FedEx my, my Brexit vote to the UK in fact, to Crystal's husband to then go hand in for me. Have I ever told you about that? No. And then so, while it was going on, there was, this is always happening with FedEx. There was like a snowstorm. So the plane was delayed with my <laughs> vote going over. It was very stressful. Well, the Brexit result day was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so and 
you know you know very well I share my birthday with that and the day before my birthday is the death of Michael Jackson so I've always really had an annoying birthday <laughs> I did not know that the Brexit result day was your birthday that is yeah. that is so spectacularly you yeah, you know it was. It, it, like, more I basically, was perfect. like I remember. I was like, "Well, guys, we're gonna go to the pub," and everyone was like, "In this, we're in this beer garden in uh, in Peckham," and everyone was just kind of like, "Wow, this is really a uh, <laughs> real tough time to uh, to talk about it." It's like, "Yep, happy birthday to me." <laughs> Talking of very very British things, what what do, what do I share my birthday with? <laughs> the royal wedding, not not the not the one everyone's thinking of, the original, the OG royal wedding. Well, no, 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 not the OG, not like Princess Diana, right. like Wills and Kate. <laughs> you, Fra- Fraser always likes to try and like have like try and get me kind of annoyed the fact that I had to share my birthday one year with the royal wedding. But the point was that that day we all got the day off work. It became a holiday, so it was a great birthday. Thank oh you God. very much. We've had this conversation so many times. Okay. Right. Who was uh, next? Well, we had we had Ginny Lemon. I can't really remember her. She was fine. She was funny. She, hers, hers was that chocolate starfish. So she made that funny joke about tightening them in the microwave, and she was good. She was solid. Classic JL. GL. Then we had Tace. Oof, this wasn't great. Here's the thing with her is that she's so funny in her interviews, but she slightly panics and just isn't the best performer in this yeah i don't know what do you think was going on no no you're right she's just she's not relaxed she just needs to relax just a little bit and then because she has she has like the confidence but yeah that you can just feel the the fact that she's pushing a little bit and it doesn't feel you don't feel safe when she's talking in a performance kind of situation whereas Mm -hmm. in her talking head like interview things i feel very safe but yeah she basically she essentially shoved uh finger up herself and uh everyone everyone was like okay (laughs) Yeah. Then we had uh, Sister Sister. That silence. That silence tells you all that it was a very forgettable performance because neither of us fully remember what's going on. The one thing that she did do at the end, which was kind of fun, is she sort of like, didn't she do like some sort of weird death ray thing with her hand? And then Ronnie G reacted like she was getting zapped. Yeah, she did like a hex. It was like a witchy hex thing. But yeah, she, she... you know, and this this dynamic doesn't work later on, but it was only saved by the fact that Ronnie G reacted so well and did some solid kind of improv yes anding to her. So yeah, did we know true. later on she was going to be no and knowing. <laughs> <laughs> no and no thanking. No and no thank. Block, block, block. I'm blocking your improv. No, <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and then, okay. Then, let's well, then, who's next? Okay. Ron, we had Ronnie G next, didn't we? Oh, yeah. I didn't really get what she was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, she was fine. She was whatever. It was okay. Then we had Ahura. What was she selling? She's got a little, a little cupcake with the looks. No, something else. Do you know what? It's very quick. I'm just, I've got going on in the background here. I don't fully remember. The thing is, at this point in the episode, I've been so against Ahura that yeah. no matter what she did, I was sitting at home with my arms folded being like, you're not going to win this. You're not going to yeah. succeed. <laughs> I know. Back to that later. I know. Me too. I was like, do you know what? The one thing this show will never do is make me like Ahura. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. And uh, I was very much, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Then we got to the very end and we had, oh my God, we had Lawrence with the chocolate eclair. His joke was, oh my God, his opening joke about, actually, Rue, it's not called an eclair. It's named after my friend and it's called, hey, Claire. It was fantastic. 
it's like the oldest joke in the book and it was just classic and perfect <laughs> again felt so safe with lawrence here i'm like oh lawrence just can you do like a 20 minute set on all these cakes because i am having a wonderful time watching you as was rue and i have to say why the hell did she not win this i don't know when she walked off and she went clean this shit up <laughs> i really, really- <laughs> That was really funny. It was funny. None of the others really used the the pit crew. No, I I think that maybe I think this that was a, giving it to Bimini was a bit more strategic. I think because it's too much Lawrence. Yeah. Although I have to say, when we get to the end of the episode when Lawrence wins, I don't agree with that win. But we'll come back to that, babes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at this point, Rue introduces the Maxi Challenge, and the Queens will be co-hosting the UK's news chat show Morning Glory live to get the highest ratings their show must appeal to the widest demographic possible i thought that was a weird a weird thing to say and we'll come back to it um we need to reach essex girls hoxton hipsters i'm sorry did someone write that phrase in 2004 camden town goths brighton hippies or little children um i think this is a really great challenge i think this setup for this challenge is utterly bizarre because it doesn't need to reach well, no, they, they they only said that so they – I don't know why they did that because the, basically what they did in that was they said that so they could wedge in all of the the, the parts that they were going to play. But they didn't need to do that. I know. It was there very was, strange. Honestly, no need for it. They could have just said, you know, you're doing the newest chat show and, you you know, you've got to impress us with your, like, talent. And then basically they could have just talked through the parts of what there was. They didn't need to highlight what the different roles were going to be in that. It was very odd. Yeah. How would you describe Hoxton to our non-UK listeners? Well, you know. <laughs> What's the oh, US equivalent? God. What's the US equivalent of Hoxton? US equivalent of Hoxton is like, yeah. it's, you know, it's a very specific neighborhood of uh, Brooklyn in New York. Yeah. But it's like, it's like the Williamsburg. Most... <laughs> no, but it's like Hoxton was, was super hip and like edgy in 2004 and now it's just so overpriced and nothing exciting happens there except really really bad bars the silver line <laughs> Ooh, oh wow she what she did it didn't so, she she did it so did brie she wrote silver lake into the google doc at the same time <laughs> oh right so at this point they all need to pick their parts don't they and because bimini won the mini challenge uh she gets to assign them essentially yeah so the uh, you know as we said there's those different roles in there which is <laughs> gen z <laughs> i feel like i haven't heard gen z said in oh like the uk version for such a long time that i was like what's gen z i was like oh gen I, z I, I'm exactly the same. When they said Gen Z, I was like, huh? What is that? Is that a pun? I was like, oh God, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've transformed, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've crossed over to the dark side, to the Gen Z dark side. So basically, yeah, so, uh, G- uh Bimini wants to be one of the Gen Z Z party animal main hostesses. So that's the two main presenters, main hosts. Um, yeah, and she said that she basically, she picks that one and then Tace wants to do the same one. So they get that. Yes. Then we've got Ginny, and Ginny um, decides to be the hippie weather reporter and puts on a very strong Australian accent for this, which I really appreciated. <laughs> I did too. Although it was strange because I guess the directive was meant to be you're a Brighton hippie. But actually, I feel like an Australian hippie would live in Brighton. Yeah, I'll accept <laughs> that. 100%. Um, Ellie and Lawrence pick the dragony nieces. Okay. <laughs> So this is a real thing. Okay. <clears throat> Dragony nieces. 
That is a pun on agony ants. So this isn't a thing in the US, but agony ants, that's like the the letters page, the advice column in a magazine, you would write into an agony ant. So say I was an agony ant and I had a column in a, a magazine, you'd write in, dear Ben, I'm really struggling to save up my money. I keep on, you know, spending it all on men or whatever it was. So an agony ant yeah, I was going to say you, person. you have to, it's aunt, you know, we're, we're saying oh, aunt like, like a, like your mother agony. or father's sister. <laughs> Agony aunt. There we so go. they've done a pun on it and they've called it dragony nieces. Because in your accent, it sounds like you're saying agony ant. A-N-T. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so really confusing. So confusing. Gen Z. Right. So, yeah, they're going to be the, the dragony nieces. Um, and that's so a, essentially, it's like advice. They're going to like answer questions and give advice. But it's, but they're being there for the, they're like kids. It's a, it's a real mashup of things to be a oh. children's, it's like a agony aunt children's presenter role. Very odd. I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah. They were meant to be appealing to kids. It was very strange. Why? Just take, oh my God, this is overproduced. Take out that kid thing. That's stupid. <laughs> okay. Next up, we've got Ahura and Tia and they need to be money saving experts from Essex. Love this. They, got they, it. this is the prime. This was the, this was the, the ones you wanted. These are the yeah. parts you wanted. Such a, such a home run. Like it couldn't be served to you more perfectly than two Essex girls doing money advice. Just we'll get into their whole thing when we do Although, the. What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go through the parts. Then I want to hear what part you're going to choose. Next up, we've got the goth party planners, and that goes to sister, sister, and Ronnie G. Ronnie G. Really, actually, was being very quiet throughout this, which is unlike her because remember the rats rusical. She was piping up and you know demanding a specific role, but here she really took a back seat and was like, "I'll just, I'll just, you know, take what's left." Um, Mm. And here we we get Tia because they all ask like, "Who's done?" Uh, improv before and Tia and Veronica have uh, but Ronnie confesses that making up jokes in the moment does not come naturally to her oh <laughs> right babes what part what part are you picking oh it has to be the Essex girls it's just it comes with such a easy template for like what you should how you should act and and the look and everything that you then get time to really think about the content. That's what I feel like. It's, it's such a good, such an easy stereotype to slip into and such a, like a bubbly, like effervescent stereotype to get into. It's like the perfect one. Whereas the goth one is the worst one you could possibly yes. choose. Goth is impossible because you have to be so downbeat that it can't be fun i'm choosing the hippie weather reporter but only because of the australian accent i feel like i could really do that one justice (laughs) fair enough (laughs) okay right so they're all they've all got the roles and then she comes around and does her table visits (laughs) you want to talk us through this babes yeah, so, uh, you know, we basically hear, well, this is just before they get into that, you know, they're kind of, Ginny's saying that she does, she does improv regularly, so she feels very, very confident, which is a little, a little worrying that we hear that, that quote later on. Um, and then basically, yeah, so she, this is when, yeah, Ruth starts asking about, like, who's doing what, and they're talking to Ronnie G's group, uh, or to a little selection of them. And Ronnie says this weird thing where she's like, she's like, Oh, I think Rue's like, oh, how did you, you know, oh, you're playing the goth. Like, how, did you want that part or whatever she says? And Ronnie G does this very strange long kind of run where she's like, 
she's like, oh, you know, my tactic was to just hang back and like take the, the dregs and, you know, just see if I can make it work and pull something out of that. And it was almost like she was saying, this is what I interpret it as. She's saying, I'm so good that I'm going to just let everyone pick apart, take whatever's left and just be like, hey, I'll apply my great talent to it. And I was like, oh, this is a strange moment. I, did, I, I didn't feel great about that. And I love yeah. my girl, Ronnie G, you know? Well, and Rue said, oh, that's a strange tactic. Um, yeah, yeah. You can imagine, imagine someone saying, well, actually, none of, none of the parts really, really spoke to me. So I thought I'm going to hang back and I'm going to make the most of whatever I get. Fine. Yeah. But yeah, it was a bit odd. She's a funny fish. Yeah, Ronnie she is. G. I think we see it throughout this episode. She's just, and that's also what's wonderful about her. And we were in episode one, we were being so protective of her because she is truly very geeky and in her own world and quite eccentric. And I don't think she has the strongest social skills. Yeah. So yeah, this is just an odd, an odd moment for her. Yeah. We're, yeah, it's a, one of many odd clunkers in this episode from from her. Speaking <laughs> oh, God. of Unkalunk, oh God, this I just remembered what's next. This Oof. is another moment. I, I was talking earlier how Ellie Diamond came across as quite mature, immature, immature in this episode, and this is where Ellie asks Rue, like Rue, why do you only say Lawrence Cheney in a Scottish accent and not Ellie Diamond? And Rue's like, uh, yeah. Essentially, I don't have a strong storyline for you yet. I'm still thinking about it. Um, so we'll see. Well, she doesn't, cause the, the mistake she made, she didn't say, cause Rue comes over and she's like, oh, she's like, oh, great Scots. She, so she acknowledges that they're both Scottish. But then the mistake that Ellie made is she didn't say, oh, it's so, it's, it's just weird that you do his, you do his name in a Scottish accent, but not mine in a Scottish accent because we're both Scottish. She just says, she basically goes, oh, it's so weird that you do his voice, his name like that and not mine. And it's like, yeah <laughs> so it just made it sound like so basically it then made it sound like she was saying oh you you have like a special thing for lawrence and not a special thing for me why don't i have a special nickname and it's like no 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 Ev- everyone everything was wrong in that moment she made like double layered mistakes basically it's like well clearly rue doesn't think of you enough to give you that give also, you that thing anyway but also it's just you know you can't do that to just because they're both scottish say that their their names are scottish accent it's also like yeah, exactly. Imagine if you, if Rue did do that for both of them, it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, because it'd also, be completely forgettable. Lawrence's name has all the, the the right vowels, the right vowel sounds to really do a fun kind of Scottish brogue on top of it. Lawrence and Cheney, and above all of it, it's Rue's show. And Rue's a legend, and she can do whatever she wants. Yeah yikes it's very strange and also when ellie ellie's got this thing this very like young thing of whenever she says anything she's got that slight smile on her face (laughs) so she looks a bit a bit i don't know it's very strange bobbling that head around with those little hoop earrings (laughs) (laughs) those big hoop earrings thank you very much hop on board that pirate ship right so uh yeah we've got the scots together and uh i don't have much more to say about my girls there do you no no that's that's pretty much it's pretty much it <laughs> yeah. so next up is uh, tia at a horror and basically um Rue's just like oh you know have you ever worked together before and they're like no and a horror kind of is saying like you know we we haven't had much chance to talk in this competition yada 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 and then she gets like a jab in in the in the interview where she's like oh it'd be nice to work with tia i can you know really work out why she's so basic <laughs> 
But it was funny because they cut back to her like laughing at her own joke and she's kind of just like, <laughs> that, is, and it also, that is funny. <laughs> she, a horror is one of those people who she is funny, but sometimes she goes too mean. It's, yeah. it, she's, she struggles to find that perfect level of doing jokes, which have that slight sprinkle of meanness, but are ultimately funny. Sometimes her jokes are just way too mean. Yeah. No, completely. You've got to, you've got to have like, and you have to be able to poke fun at yourself to make people then be, you, if you can make a joke about yourself first, then you can be as mean as you want because everyone's kind of on board with you. And she kind of, I think she turns that around a little bit, obviously a lot in this episode, but any way. Yeah, you make a good point. I actually haven't heard her make any jokes about herself. No. Now, do you want to talk to, just you want to talk about the announcement of who is going to be coaching them and who's the guest judges for this episode? Oh, it would be a wee shame not to. She was looking great. So we have my my chosen person for Snatch Game. We have the queen of morning daytime TV. It is LK herself, Lorraine Kelly. And she is going to be coaching the girls during filming. Oh, my God. She is an icon, like a true like UK icon. She's just I, one of those. I, yeah. Because she's, on, because she's basically on TV every day of the week. And has been for most of our lives, for most of us in the UK. She's one of those famous people that's famous in a way where you're just, she's just there. She's like part of the, she's part of the fabric of the UK, isn't she? And she's also got, her vibe is very warm and cozy. So she could be interviewing, no matter who she's interviewing, it's the same tone. She yeah. could be, she could be interviewing a mass murderer and she'd be like, oh, it's a wee shame that you killed them, isn't it? Oh, do you regret that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, what you like? You killed them. No. <laughs> did you mean to kill them? No, you probably didn't. You called, do you want a cup of soup? She's just, <laughs> like, no matter what she's talking about, it's just the same like lovely cozy level when when i was at university my friends bought me a birthday card you remember that real weird craze of those birthday cards that you would open and they had a voice inside of them like a voice recording yeah remember them? and, they were, mm-hmm. and I had, <laughs> my friends bought me a lorraine kelly one and it was enough like, it was her voice but it was literally she said the two things that she said in the card she actually said on the show tonight it was literally like look at you you look great yeah, you know, it's, she says like, "Look at you! You look great. What you like? You look great." Ah, uh, Lorraine, was that an official Lorraine Kelly piece of merch that you got? I, th- I think so. Yeah, and I had a very unofficial Kylie Minogue one, which I'll talk to you about on another time. <laughs> okay, we also get this moment. We find out what the runway theme is going to be, and it's monster mashup. Two terrifying looks in one. I am not into this. This is another moment where I was watching it being like, oh, well, I'm going to get voted out this week. I don't know what to do. I, this does not resonate with me. I do not give a shit. And I just want to say when we get to it in the runway, they're not great. <laughs> Should we take a little break and then uh, let Ben gather his thoughts, <laughs> his feelings? Right. I'm, I'm going to go sketch out a monster costume and come back and pitch it. We'll see you after this. Okay, and we're back, and we are gonna get into, oh, oh my lord. Okay, we're gonna get into the, <laughs> the filming of Morning Glory. So I just at this point need to tell you that I am a dedicated, you know, journalist uh, for this podcast, and mm. I will tell you in normal, some of my normal drag race viewing, I have had to mute the, mute the recording because I can't like, I can't take how awkward it is. And sometimes I just have to hit mute. But this time I had to live through it and my feet were sweating throughout most of this. 
<laughs> I liked now I with this challenge I liked the live element. Now we're using the the phrase live very loosely. There was nothing live about this, but essentially they weren't able to do second takes. They just had yeah. to roll with it, which I really I liked because it One got thing Yeah, they got they got to like we got to speed through it. There's no like Oh, can I try that line again? Or I'm not prepared. It's like, just fucking go with it. So I, I love that element of this. Yeah. So they, they walk out and Lorraine is looking resplendent as always. <laughs> Truly. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic. I'm not. She's just so, Ugh. so lovely. I think it's her smile that's so nice, you know? She's, and she's always dressed. Well, in this episode, she's dressed like she's going to like a holiday party. She's got like a lovely kind of luxe. Oh, just like a lovely luxe look that's got a bit of a spangle or a sparkle or a sheen to it. That's just classic Lorraine. <sighs> just love her. Well, as right. Tace, Tace describes her as the Beyonce of morning television, and it is completely 100% true. <laughs> like it actually is. <laughs> I mean, I don't, sure, sure. As just, she's the most like famous person <laughs> in the UK. Of morning TV in the UK. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's where the comparisons end with Beyonce, I would say. Are you telling and, me? <laughs> You're not saying you don't think Beyonce would would roll her fringe around a brush and blow dry it. <laughs> I just don't think that Beyonce's that warm as a <laughs> as a person. Like there's my my main my main keyword for Lorraine is cozy. Just dead cozy. And that is not Beyonce to me, but that's a story for another Uh-oh. time. That sounds like I've had a real fallout with Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Okay. So Lorraine tells the gang, now if you know, something go something always goes wrong in live telly. Telly, she says, not TV, live telly. Um, and if you can deal with it with a smile and a laugh, then you're grand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do that we smile and we laugh, you're grand. Yeah, you'll be great. Just classic Lorraine. Um, so then we have a graphic. So she says, okay, we're about to go live. We're about to do it. And uh, a graphic pops up on screen that's got Big Ben on it and a sound effect. And we open with Bimini and Tace. They are the main hosts of the show. Yeah, they are. They've got like a lovely coordinating look. They've gone for like a black, black outfits. Uh, Tace is in like a trouser suit with a kind of large, very wide open top. A lot of clavicle on show from Tace, mm. which is a little, uh, was to me was reading a little man. Do you think it was, it was a little kind of, it was just a lot oh. of like exposed chest, like man well, chest. Going, going back to, I can't remember if it was in UK or US when Rue talks about how she's got very wide shoulders so she usually wears like an asymmetric thing yeah i i hear what you're saying now taste though loving that wig oh yeah both of their wigs i thought they looked they looked gorgeous the two of them yeah very into oh, yeah i thought they both did a very a very solid job yeah because we had to cut back to them more than once they they did exactly what they needed to do they were like fun funny I felt relaxed. They were very easy to watch, especially when Bimini was talking. It felt very, she was so in control of what was going on and what they they had a very clear thing that they were doing. It's like, we're party girls, but we're also fun and we host this show. And it was just like, yeah. yep, I get it. I'm in solid. They did their weird yeah. spot yeah. shots, which didn't really make any sense, but it didn't have to make sense because they had such a solid concept. Well, later also they do slut drops something that Americans do not know about. Do you want to explain to our listeners what a slut drop is? Yeah. So a a slut drop is essentially where you uh, are dancing and you're standing and then you just go right down to the floor, basically kind of a, 
it's not a twerk, but it's not a. <clears throat> it's what I think of it. Self-drop? I think of it as like, okay, picture the scene. You're in a club. It's sweaty. You've had too many drinks. You think you're being dead sexy. Maybe you want to like catch the eye of someone. And Christina Aguilera's "Dirty" is playing. Okay. Congrats, DJ. Great choice. You're in the middle of the dance floor. You've got your drink in your hand. And maybe at the moment where it goes tight hip, hop, tight hip, tight hip, hop, goes low for show. You might just instantly drop when it says low to the ground. And then I would pop back up. So yeah. Go, tight hip, hoggers, low, down for show, back up. Yeah. That's it, a it's, drop. it's not, it's not slowly winding down. It's going from standing to having your like bum slash butt hovering just off the ground. And then coming popping right back up, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a real, it's a real young person's game, a slut drop. I feel like I haven't done one in a long old time. Well, apart from actually, was it last week where I, I pulled my back doing doing a yeah. dance? Yeah, it was very similar to that actually. What song? What song were you doing it to, babes? <laughs> Just doing it to do it well by J Lo. Do it, do it. You're doing it well. Oh my god. Speaking of my workout this morning, my gym class. That was the first song they played. And oh, the, when the, the class started, I was like, I got this. And you know what? I didn't. I really struggled today. Oof. Oh, no. <laughs> per show, per show. Also, we're doing teams of three, and I really let down the team. It was very embarrassing. Anyway. <laughs> so, we get, we've got the two of them, Bimini and Tace, as the live hosts. Yeah. And, and Lorraine then, loves this. Yeah. Uh, she's having a great time. She really also, in particular, enjoyed the fact that Bimini was holding the cue cards up uh, the wrong the wrong way, upside down. <laughs> oh my god cue cards i mean anyone that's ever worked in tv if you've ever had to and then honestly printing the cue cards upside down is a, a genuine problem that has happened to many many people who work in the tv industry and it is incredibly oh. stressful always being so done at the last minute oh and the ho- that you would call them host cards in the u.s but yeah did you oh my god that thing of like well we have to check if you done if you tested the printer to see if they're going to be able to print oh. onto the sticky onto the sticky stickers for the cue cards yeah you're printing onto a sticky label which you're then having to peel off and stick onto the cue cards and especially if the oh my god if they're the wrong size or if they're almost the same size as the cue card you have to be very careful as you stick them on otherwise it like poke, oh my god i've had yeah oh. and also and also quite rightly so the host, every host is like such a different thing they want on their cue cards. So you have to sort of get, you have to learn exactly what the host wants and print out. I remember, oh my God, I remember what I was often doing the cue cards. It was just, I just liked it. I was in control, knew what was going on. And there was one show where I did them and the show started, I did them for every episode and the show started and the host got out to set and just went, um, okay, welcome to the show. Uh, where are my cue cards and everyone was just like bad bad what was going on but actually what happened as per usual i had given them to the host in the makeup room like presented them to the host saying here are your cue cards and they'd fucking left them in there so it wasn't my fault thank you very much wow still still that story is stuck with you so long you still had to <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify just want to clarify get out there when i just clear my name <laughs> Okay, oh right. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of, you know, panic and sweaty feet moments and, and death and hell, let's talk about <laughs> quickly, uh, Ronnie G and Sister Sister as the goth party planners. Yeah. So they were, um, yeah, awful. as you said, planning a, plan, yeah, they were awful. <laughs> they were planning a party, uh, and they, they were talking through a cake, weren't they? Um, it just, 
Well, first of all, as you've already mentioned, you don't want these parts because to be entertaining but to be really downbeat is is tough. Well, also, it's such an error to because this is the thing. It's like everyone's like, "Oh, goth, miserable," but it's like, no, 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 no. What you need to do in this in this instance is you can beat. You are super upbeat. Goths are not like it's not. You have to just get the es- the essence of what a goth is, which is the the darkness and the kind of. But also, I feel like there's such an opportunity to what I would have done. Maybe this is too many layers and doesn't make any okay. sense. Is Go for I would it. have Pitch I would have done it as you know how in the UK especially a lot of goths are kind of suburban like white suburban middle class kids who are completely have grown up with like privilege and comfort and then are really like oh yeah like fuck the system. I would have made it like that and tried to translate that into the into the character and the challenge. So it's kind of almost like finding as many examples of being from a very privileged, comfortable background and then or having the other person point that out. I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to get at, but basically I would have tried to give it more depth than like, I'm a goth, I'm miserable because that's not, that's not anything. Or you make yeah. it that like you're a, that you're being forced to be totally upbeat, but you're like taking it down from the inside. So you do it as a full upbeat character who is like, furious that they have to be upbeat. I don't know. It just, there's, there was no layers. It was like, I'm just going to miserably talk. Okay, I'm going to pitch you my goth idea. I'm going to do it as a super upbeat Lorraine Kelly type who just happens to be a goth. So I'm going to be talking about like death and blood and like down with down with the system, but in a really kind of lovely upbeat way. Yeah, there could be something there. Yeah, no, totally. You just you just give yourself all you have to do is start off the improv. The two of you, you make the decision that you're going to like. You make the first line whatever it is that you need to do to change it to something good. And then you just say that. And then it just is what it is. It's like, no one's going to be like, Oh my God, you weren't miserable enough as a goth. No one would say that as a criticism. Yeah. You just have, uh, all, it just was awful. Look, all to say, all to say tough rolls. Oh my God. I like sister, sister's hair. Can't even remember what it looked like. She had that long, long kind of red gingery. Oh, that's was, right. Michelle points out later is a very classic, very like popular goth look is that kind of red hair. With the, with the, yeah, I liked Ooh. that. Do you know, and obviously we keep on coming back to our main hosts, uh, of Bimini and Taste. Do you know what I would have done? When it's like, and we're live if we were doing it, I'd be like talking about something really personal, thinking okay. that we're not live. Yeah. You know, and li- I, that gag gets me every time. <laughs> me like, too. so the camera starts back up. It's like, well, do you know what? It's actually, it was quite red raw and it's been very <laughs> flaky and pussy oh hi and we're back on air do you know what i mean yeah simple yeah. You, you go with the classic one it's that yeah that classic one of being like when the doctors told me it'll take two or three weeks to clear up hi yeah, welcome back yeah <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> love it oh okay who did we have next uh, so lawrence and ellie popped up from behind the couch and i i, just, I don't know why i keep seeing loads of screenshots of this bimini had like slumped herself down in the sofa and was like had like she was really in her own chin she was just like Argh. yes yes <laughs> well, like a really funny face and yeah lawrence and ellie pop up and basically are like hello yeah they're like oh we're gonna scare them and then oh, this is this is very uh, thank god for lawrence cheney because this whole segment was unfocused and terrible and didn't make any sense. But Lawrence really, really made it work. Mm-hmm. Lawrence can do anything. Yeah. That's the thing. So, I, I do I do think Lorraine loved this just because they were Scottish. Well, I I yes, but only because it was Lawrence. Like if it yes. was Ellie Diamond and someone else, she would have that would have it would have been awful. So Sister Sister kind of is, we cut to her like talking, you know, interview and she says that, <laughs> that Lawrence is serving Michelle McManus, uh, okay. with a, with a pink rinse. So we definitely have touched on Michelle McManus before. Cause I think we talked about it in Meet the Queens 
it to her. We talked about her and Meet the Queens, but let's have a recap. Okay, okay, okay. I've got this, babes. So Michelle McManus was the second winner of Pop Idol, which was the UK's version of American Idol. And she is a very Scottish, very Glaswegian uh, singer. Uh, She is plus size and she is just very much is it such a, a staple reference point in the same way that like Susan Boyle, Subo is like a very specific, slightly comedic Scottish reference point. So is Michelle. Have I covered it? Yep. I'm not going to talk about her winning song because I know that I talk about it too much. Yeah. Fraser loves her winning song. Any- All this time. Oh God, I waited wait. a long, long time. Do, 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 do. Oh, such a good song. Wait a minute. I, 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 every time we've talked about Michelle McManus, whether it's on this podcast, or our own podcast, have I told you about the time I met Michelle McManus? No. What? Okay. So we're at the Edinburgh Festival, big cultural festival, and she was doing a weird version of the Nativity play, but it was called Discotivity. Oh my God. It's all coming back to me. Imagine in July watching a comedy musical called Discotivity, which is the Christmas nativity play, but all set to disco music and a comedy. Anyway, sure about that. <laughs> she Too was many hats. She, a lot, lot going on. She was the star of it. And afterwards we waited in the bar to talk to her and she came up and we're like, Oh my God, me, you're amazing. She's like, Oh, thanks. Oh, but by the way, I'm, I'm sweating like a pig right now. That's what she said to us. <laughs> Classic Mish. A real sweaty pig. Right. <laughs> So what was was Ellie doing in this? Not much. God, yeah. She had this terrible, uh, terrible, like, gag about putting makeup onto Lawrence, but it didn't make any sense. They basically took, like, a caller. It was Michelle calling in with some advice question about resting bitch face. But, like, Ellie's joke was to put makeup over it. It it barely made sense, and it wasn't funny. But luckily, Lawrence has got the charm to, to pull it through. So basically... You know, Lawrence just keeps talking throughout Ellie's segment, making it funny. And then as they as they leave, Lawrence rides off on a child's like little push bike and breaks it. <laughs> yeah, perfect, done, sold. But we now get to probably the best part of this Morning Glory show, and that is our Essex girls. We've got Tia and we have Ahora. This was great. Oh, their looks were so good, so good. I, I loved the way they looked. I loved their, their wigs, their makeup was so perfect. They'd like their giant lips. I loved that. I loved that Tia was in like a, like a very, she had a very large bust in like this kind of crop top, like almost like a bikini she was wearing with like white trousers. And did you notice the attention to detail of, did you see all the, the patches of fake tan on the horror's white suit? Oh my god! I, that's so funny. I thought that was a mistake. No, when she You're stood up, right. you could tell. You could see she she put like patches of fake tan on the white suit, which is, you know, let's just real quick just just do a quick overview. So Essex is a a county, uh, aka a state in the UK, and Essex has a very particular identity and style, mainly because there's a reality show set there called The Only Way Is Essex that made it all very famous. But basically, the style is like kind of glamorous, glamorous, over the top, tacky this is exactly it. it's very like kind of new jersey-esque kind of style it's it's something like that so basically yeah. it's a very solid point of view very easy one to kind of slide into and they did it perfectly yes they did and i feel that a horror here is essentially katie price 
She did a, a almost one hundred percent spot on impression of Katie Price. It was she is actual, beloved like, beloved glamour model and TV personality in the UK. It was it was like actually quite scary how good her Katie Price impression was. Katie Price isn't even from Essex, but it, it works. And their whole shtick was it was like budget things, wasn't it? So they taught the audience how to do a vajazzle vajazzle oh my God. no they they did have the the americans do know what a vajazzle is i think oh they do okay the real okay. housewife of new york that was uh pushing vajazzles for a while okay but it's basically it's essentially bejeweling stick on bejewels for your kind of vagina area yeah and they their thing was it was a, a grav jazzle excuse me <laughs> so the idea was like using gravel and just sticking it on um but yeah it was very it was, it was very good I thought I thought Ohora's best joke was when Tia brought out the gravel and she went, "It's my favorite color, pink." That was very funny. Yeah, she was just <laughs> really good here because also I just have not been convinced that Ohora is very funny up until this point. Yeah, it was she. She just like did it. She did it so good, and she did outshine Tia. But Tia was also like a very solid support system. She didn't like fuck up. She just she basically just like let Ahora shine, but also shone herself. Very yeah. good. She was more of like the straight man to what was going on with Ahura. And that, that segment ends with Ahura's tits out and the, and putting uh, glitter on them. <laughs> done and done. Then we get to my role. It's Ginny Lemon as the weather girl, the Australian weather girl. Oof. This, I wouldn't say oof. I would just, I don't know. I, I think they make a good point later. It's quite one note and quite yeah. one level well it's not bad it started off she she had her references all good and ready to go and it started off very well when she was talking about her like spirit bird and like she had some funny stuff good to go but then when they started throwing stuff at her it, it she just like she just kind of spiraled out and she was just being kind of manic and crazy which was funny but like it didn't yeah it she she just i feel like she got two of her kind of jokes out before she just was screaming yeah it didn't build. It sort of yeah. went from, it just, yeah, it just, yeah. It just I will say quite good to uh, any American listeners, the place that she was reporting the weather from, Cockermouth, is a real place. Oh, where is that? It's, uh, it's, <laughs> I talk about this all the time. I've never it's, heard you talk it, about this. No, no, no. I talk about this all the time. It's in, <laughs> it's in the Lake District. <laughs> you know how I often, I often talk about how I would go to see my friend, who is from Penrith and how I would go to Adrian's oh wall. Oh <laughs> but basically God. Cockermouth is like on this, on the border of England and Scotland, basically. And once again, as we do full well, know, you are not stepping over that border. He refuses. Well, no, again, I don't want to go into the semantics of this with you. I have stepped over the border because I have been to Hadrian's wall. So my foot has stepped into Scotland. I've just never visited. Just, I'm just giving you silence on behalf of my people. Fine. My name is Scottish. It's okay. Everyone, everyone relax. So okay, yeah. And then it kind of just ends with like, I think they, after it's like her thing is so manic and they, they cut back to the, to a uh, horror. No, they cut back to uh, Bimini and Taser. Bimini's like, well, I guess, I guess that's it. <laughs> she had a really funny take on it. She was just like, well, I guess that was the weather. <laughs> oh. So that is the challenge. And then it's the next day, isn't it? And they've got, they've got to prep for that. They've got to prep for that main stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're kind of all around the table and they're like, Oh, well done, a horror, you know, and basically she's just like, Oh, you know, there's, there's just a lot going on. And basically in this, this whole episode, there's been a couple of moments where they've alluded to the fact that 
Ahura uh, in the Untucked segment of last week's episode said that it was like Tia's time to go and she was bored of her. And then there's a couple of times this episode where they've built towards fully finally telling Tia that that's what she said. And it never quite happens because I think she got saved by the Rue message right at the beginning. Whereas this is now that time where they're going to get into it and, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But first when they're still standing around the table, Ronnie G is like, they're like, how are you feeling Ronnie? And she's like, Oh, I'm just did really bad. And I felt like I really let, you know, sister down and sister's like, to be honest with you, you did. (laughs) I, I appreciate that honesty. I like, I like how fair and confrontational that is, but not in a bad way. It's just honest. Yeah. Yeah, You did let me down. But then Lawrence had a good point because they, they cut to Lawrence's interview and they were like, and Lawrence is like, yet again, sister, sister's blaming someone else for her being shit. And I was like, I mean, it was, it is like improv, but you have to have a part that you can bounce off and you have to do this and you have to do that. But sister, sister also just didn't say anything. (laughs) Well, but also Lawrence, Lawrence is so good that when he was with Ellie Diamond and Ellie wasn't doing so well, Lawrence still shone. So Lawrence doesn't depend on anyone. That I think that's his point. But wait a minute, where else has Ellie, where else has sister, sister just been shit? I don't know where that came from. I was a bit, I, a bit taken aback by that. Yeah. Oh, Lawrence. Yeah. I was disappointed in my girl. Just you know. Yeah, and then so we have a nice little, a nice little moment here with sister, sister, and Ginny, and you know, sister's kind of saying, "Oh my god, yeah." I mean, actually, what I will say this time, sister wasn't dry shaving her face. There was definitely some kind right. of balm or some kind of. Uh, like a shave gel on her face this time. Yes, so I, I know I you do. Happier. I know you do have issues with this dry shaving situation. Also, it, even if there was a bam, was there like a sink in front so that he could like you know rinse out that razor, oh, or was he doing it with a bowl, or was he just doing it? I don't know. I really don't know. It's very, it's a very odd technique, and I totally understand. It's like you know, I have my facial hair grows really quick, so I know that if if I was a drag queen, I would have to you know wet shave. I would have to do that like right before I perform because it, my beard grows so quickly, but like, oof, that's, I just, oh. I just feel so triggered by it as someone with shaving rash myself, like just to see like a, a razor being raked over like shaving rash just makes me like so triggered. Right. I've got, I've actually got some, I've got some news for you. I've just looked again and he has got what I would describe as a, uh, a, a washing up tub and it looks like, <laughs> he's got some water in there. Is that what you call it? A washing up tub? You, <laughs> you call it a washing up bowl. Washing up bowl. Oh my God. Explain to American audience what the fuck a washing up bowl is because they do not know what that is. <laughs> a washing up bowl to American <laughs> listeners is a little plastic tub that you put in your sink and you fill that with the hot water and the soap and you wash your dishes in that rather than into the full just sink itself. But I don't why? know why people do that. Why? I don't know why. It's I have so no fiddly and stupid. It's like, why don't you just fill up the sink? Oh my god! It, the washing up, and then and then when you're done, where'd you store that washing up bowl? <laughs> just another thing to think about. Yeah, to put it on the drying rack after you finish. That's oh. the that's the classic thing. It's very it's a very odd. I'm not quite sure where that where a washing up bowl comes from, but I will tell you, when you're a teenager or you're a student or you're you know you're at college or whatever, washing up bowls are great things to throw up when you're drunk or hungover. Oh, that's good. And then you can just rinse them outside and exactly don't block that drain because you know, there's no disposal in any drains, any kitchen drains in the UK. (laughs) Don't get us started listeners. Okay. So moving on at this, at this moment, um, Ginny and sister, they're having a, they're having a bit of a heart to heart, aren't they? 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's what I was started talking about. And I got so distracted by the, the shaving. So yeah, basically sister saying, she's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm still holding back. And one of my things is I'm too polite. So I like, I'm waiting for other people to get their lines out and you know, I'm second guessing myself. And Ginny's just like, she's like, well, no one else is fucking doing that. So you need to get it, get it together basically, but in a nice way. Cause she, yeah. she, you know, they love each other. And Ginny's like, Oh, you know, you make me laugh. No one else makes me laugh like you do. And I was like, love to see that happen. Um, <laughs> Also, yeah, I just, Ginny's wonderful. I don't necessarily trust her, her taste level in terms of comedy. So I don't know how much of a compliment that is. But I also feel like Sister Sister is probably one of those people that like behind the scenes, if you're like chatting to her, she probably, she's just not, she's not shining in the, in the drag race, like, uh, structure. And it's like, I think she could be, she probably is a very funny person. And, but it's just, it's just not coming across in the actual tv show so i feel like when Ginny said that she probably has made her laugh you know behind the scenes but we ain't seen any evidence of it on camera okay yeah. whatever that's the end Wait, of that hang segment. on hang on though when they hug i've just had a look they essentially have the same hair sister and Ginny. question is this something that's going on in the uk right now these very severe mullet. mullets with an undercut I think so because Bimini's got a mullet as well. I think this must be the thing. We're we've we've lost touch with our like our gays back in the UK. Yeah, oh, my hair couldn't do that because of the way it grows at the back. I'd have to get that dolphin's beak. Have to get my GHD mini stylus to straighten it. I mean, even before my well. even before my hair fell out, I couldn't have done it because afro. Ugh, I mean, talk about two things working against me: afro hair and I'm balding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hang on, perfect for drag race. Shove on a wig. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so okay. now we get to the main, this is the the meat of this, of this kind of uh, getting ready for the main stage is the tear and a horror kind of situation. Heart to heart. Um, this was, Drag Race really knows how to really make me, <laughs> just manipulate me into being like, well, I've now completely changed my mind on a person 100%. So basically you know, they're like Tear and Ahura getting ready next to each other. I just want to stop again just to talk about how I loved Ahura's pink, uh, pink leopard print oh. sweatshirt, fuzzy sweatshirt that she's wearing. Kind of mohair. hair. I, 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 I'm exactly the same. I want it. I want it oversized. Yes. Yes. I want a big giant, yeah, like to cozy up. Oh, yeah. It was gorgeous, gorgeous. And they're basically, you know, they're kind of, it starts off quite light and, and Tia's like, oh, you're really making me want to get my lips done. And, uh, and Ahura's like, oh, well, because she's like, oh, especially the top lip, I really like the way that looks. And Ahura's like, oh, well, you know, I did that because I hate, I hate how big my chin is. And she started talking about the, the balance of her face. And then basically Tia's like, Tia's like, yeah, well, she's like, well, you know, it, the insecurities, like how I felt last week, I was comparing myself to, you know, taste and saying, I'll never be as beautiful as, as her. She's like, it's just, you know, they kind of start talking about insecurities. And, and then basically this is when a horror, it's like cut between her interview and her and, and Tia talking. And she's basically just talking about how she is her own biggest critic. Yeah, she, yeah, she is. And she, the waterworks start quite quickly here in her interview. I, I, I kind of felt slightly out of nowhere. I was like, oh, wow, she's, she's really emotional. She says that she's very conscious of her appearance. That's kind of why she's had work done. She doesn't really have any drag friends or drag sisters. So when she goes to a gig, she's by herself. She just turns up. She just has to use her gut instinct about what she does or wears and she just goes for it. So she's found being on drag race. She's loved that she's making friends and 
but at the same time, before they go into the main stage and the backstage and everyone's saying to her, oh my God, Ahura, you look amazing. She's never, A, she's never had that before, but B, she doesn't quite believe them. So essentially, she's just airing all her insecurities here. Yes. And at this moment, we also have Ahura talking about back home and back in the day, she was, she was bullied. She's been bullied her whole life because she's not very masculine. Again, using that term very loosely in quotation marks because it doesn't mean anything at all. Um, so yeah, she's really getting all out. And because of that, she's essentially saying that she deflects her insecurities by being mean and bitchy and it's kind of self-perpetuating. Yeah. People think that's who she is. So she does it more to protect herself and it just sort of spirals. I, I believe her here as well. Cause I think sometimes being like, Oh, you know, sometimes it can be a bit of an easy kind of thing to be like, Oh, it's just, I'm just defensive because of this or I'm just sort of this. But I feel like she really laid it out pretty like plainly in a way that was like not flattering to herself. And I was like, okay, she's, she's fully, I believed her basically. And I, I thought it was just a very real, real moment. And I just, I don't know. She suddenly seemed so young in that moment when she was crying. And I was like, Oh yeah, she is kind of young. And like, I don't know. She, I really, it really turned me around on her, which is so manipulative of this show, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Also, did you notice that? I, I, I know I kind of didn't really realize this before, but as she was, she was basically taking off her, like her man makeup to put on her, like main stage makeup. Did you notice that? Cause she was using a makeup wipe and wiping all of that, like tan off of her face as she was talking to Tia. Yeah. And she, she's, she's, she's really, she, does she really have tanned. eyebrows? Does she, she have eyebrows? She's got no eyebrows and she basically is really tanned with those like kind of the the painted on like boy brows. It's like very kind of like feathered painted on eyebrows. And she's wiping them all off as she's talking to Tia. And I was like, oh my God. It made me, I was really shocked at how pale she was. I was like, oh yeah, she wears a lot of, uh, a lot of fake tan. And I just want to, this is a quick sidebar, but it just reminds me of the time when I went through a fake tan period. And I know what you're thinking you're mixed race. Why are you wearing fake tan? It's like, shut up. If you're from the UK and you're mixed race, it's like, I would look ghastly in the winter because I would have dark circles, but like pale skin. It's not a good look. And I'm not dark enough to have it all year round tan. So everyone just calm down. <laughs> so I went through this phase where I was really into self tanning. And um, me and my friend I lived with at the time, Emily, we would uh, use this, I think it was like a Nivea cream that had like gradual tan in it, but it was really strong. And we would like slap so much of it on. And we lived in this house together in Clapham, shout out to here, where we would... We almost, there was pictures of us where we would match the wall in our living room, which was orange. And we were like, <laughs> we were like well, look, we matched the wall so we're good to go. We're like, we actually ended up being like, look, we just want to be the color of this wall. It's like a terracotta. <laughs> I really miss those days. I can literally smell the like, it was, was like apricot smell of like the tan thing. I was going to say the smell. I bet it was apricot, but also kind of like with that deep kind of musky biscuit kind of smell. Yeah. Yeah. It was biscuity and apricotty, but that one was so specifically didn't even have that biscuit smell. It was very apricotty. And it's just like, oh, I can remember remember it now just like looking at my glowing face and like digital camera pictures from 2005 or whatever <laughs> not good people beautiful so we end this scene with uh tia and ahura hugging it out very sweet and, and tia says <laughs> are we best friends now which i really enjoyed yeah i i love that very good okay so dun 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 okay finger on switch finger on switch rolling up camera moves check those lights flare and glare we're gonna do it so what do you think of ruse ruse look this kind of very large shouldered turquoise sparkled spangled number i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out there and say this is my favorite 
possibly no. This is my favorite ever RuPaul look. Oh, this, hang on. what's up? No, I'm thinking. Well, I get. I'm, I just. I was about to be like of all time, and then I realized you haven't watched every season that's ever been made because there's there's some ones that are like canon of like the top tippy top. Well, but this it, one was very good. This for me was just all my dreams come true. I adore it. What what, it, what color is that? Like a uh, turquoise, but like uh, aquamarine. <laughs> or is it? Or is it? Yeah. It, oh, sparkles, huge shoulders super white hair i just i oh i'm so happy i'm so yeah, happy i love the hair they're, they're like very white white blonde loved it yeah a little bit like a little bit almost spooky like she's been shocked like she's like she's <laughs> been you know danced around in an electrical storm and then she's become possessed <laughs> So uh, on the judging panel for this episode is Alan Carr is back. Lovely Alan. Um, Michelle Visage looks lovely in a kind of a purple sequin. She looks gorgeous. And Lorraine was wearing a green sequin. And this is where she'd really rolled her fringe around a, a brush and blow dried it. Or bangs, as you say, in the US. I would, and I wouldn't describe this as a sequin dress for Lorraine. I would say it's a spangled dress. Oh, I'm going to wear some spangles. Spangled frock. Spangled frock. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in uh, drag race. So I'm gonna wear my spangly dress. It's very much that. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get into this. The main stage. The category is monster mashup. So, have you had a chance to think about what your monsters would be that you'd mash up? Okay, so I am not into this category because it's just too costumey and monsters. I just don't really give a shit about. So I would do a spin on it where I don't know what my first. I'm gonna have a reveal. My first monster, I don't know what it is, but I think it's going to be really glamorous and ghoulish. And then I'm going to have a reveal and I'm going to turn into someone like Margaret Thatcher. I'm going to make like more of a statement. Right, How right, right. How do you right. feel about that? that? That was my exact idea. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was about to say, it's a shame that, that Bagger did uh, Margaret Thatcher yes. in uh, in the first season because that, that literally would have been my idea is be like come out as margaret thatcher and then you like reveal that she's the monster yeah it's exactly. literally my exact idea <laughs> exactly so yeah again not doing it because of season one um but yeah I, I was thinking someone doing something different to everyone else making a statement that i 100 percent think that margaret thatcher is and was a monster and uh she's obviously quintessentially british yeah, it's just, and I think, I think in this, this main stage, it's, it's such a good way to distinguish yourself because everyone kind of looked, everything was so similar, even in, yeah, it did, even though the color palette wasn't the same, it felt like everyone looked exactly the same. It's just all very much of the same of the same. Anyway, should we get into it? So That's first up it. is Ronnie G. So she's doing a Medusa, a Medusa mixed with a pig, which actually, I think I might have liked this one the best. This, because it was so kind of such an odd fusion of, of ideas, but it kind of, to me, it was the most successful because it was so odd. So she's yeah. got this huge, huge like Medusa wig of snakes, like a prosthetic pig snout, and then a, a sequin dress that was like snakeskin kind of uh, esque kind of design. I, I thought this was good. I thought this was great. I, I love. I actually do really like it from the neck up, but then it's just a dress. I was, well, and, yeah, then, and, it, and then I thought the makeup, the body makeup, was a bit shit. There's just like splodges of green. Yeah, and the, the, that reverse sequin material you know it's the one where you just run it backwards Ugh. and it changes the design is it's tough it's quite played out isn't it and i i don't know anything about fashion but i know that 
Also, shout out to the props department. I don't know if they're having maybe it's like a, a, a bit of a week off, but they've essentially erected on the stage <laughs> some cardboard cutouts of like a spooky tree that they've painted black and shoved some some glitter on. Congrats <laughs> to all. Who's mm-hmm. okay, next? Next up, I'm actually watching it live in the background. We have Sister Sister. So she's doing a mummy look, um, a very curvaceous mummy, and she's got blue werewolf fur uh a werewolf werewolf mummy oh sorry okay fine you're just cutting to the chase i'm just saying what i see saying what i see now you as a longer running racer it's referenced a lot that mummies are seen a lot on the stage talk me through this yeah it's true i can't i feel like i can't cite anyone off the top of my head but there's there's definitely been a lot of bandaged mummies over the years and it's been done more successfully in other <laughs> in other performances. Okay. Uh, notably, I think Sharon Needles back in the day hers was like a she wasn't she didn't even do a mummy actually, so it's kind of different. But like she basically like unwrapped and she had all her like lips her lips were done basically. It was like a surgery reveal. Ooh, it's just that's been fun. A, a lot of that look. Uh, yeah, it was. Hmm. Okay, next up we've got Bimini Bambulash, and she comes out in a Pam Anderson Playboy Bunny Devil get-up. Mm. Uh, and he says, this is what Pamela Anderson, sorry, they say this is what Pamela Anderson would look like in hell, but she won't go to hell because she's a vegan. Because, of course, we know Bimini is a vegan. How do you feel about this look? I feel like this look, I've actually, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, she's she's kind of done this look for, for Instagram, and it looks amazing. And that's because it's kind of, she's had the chance to, or they've had the chance, sorry, to... um to kind of smooth out the imperfections. I think from, from, a, yeah, yeah. from a distance, it was a really fun look and like really cool. And then, yeah, as Michelle points out later, once you start looking, there's some real tough details to do with it. But I love, I love, I, I still think it looked, she looked great. It was great. Yeah. So next up we have Tace and she's doing Bride of Vampenstein. Top, like, what is going on here? <laughs> she's, like- doing, she's doing, she's basically doing a full, a full Bride of Frankenstein uh, look, but with vampire teeth and vampire blood. And it was very, this was the most like reading the directive and saying like, okay, you're going to do monster mashup. It's two different monsters mixed together. And she's like, well, I'll do Bride of Frankenstein, but I'll make her a vampire. It's very like, ugh, Just, fine. I thought, like I, I thought, real. Exactly, because it's a little loose. I was 100% expecting reveal. Yeah, I just, it was a bit big and blousey, wasn't it, that dress? Yeah, and kind I wasn't of, really into this. Looking. It, it didn't look great. And it did, yeah, it just felt like there was something, something was going to happen, and it didn't happen. Next up, we had Ginny Lemon, and she was in a bright yellow bio, biohazard gown with matching hair. This is... <sighs> Sure. Can I tell so you, wait, tell you what, what mashed up in this one. I was just about to say, what, what, what is the mashup? I love that color green. It's a shame that she hadn't taken more tips from last week and gone more fitted in that dress. Yeah, it because, was a bit schlumpy, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought the hair was fun. Yeah, I love the hair. I thought her makeup was really fun as well. She was kind of, I know she was kind of saying it was like toxic waste zombie was what she was going for, but it didn't, it, it wasn't mashed with anything. It was, that just is all one thing. Yeah, it just, Sure, fine. Whatever. I feel like that. Imagine if you'd done that and it was like Toxic Waste Zombie was step one and you and you had that like cinched and kind of a very glamorous like cinched gown. And then 
oh, hang on, maybe this is what she was doing, but she never said it. But I was like, imagine if she had full on wings. So it was like a toxic waste zombie, but with like huge, beautiful, like neon, like floaty wings that you could fly. She kind of just had that strange, like caftan number that she couldn't put her arms down. Otherwise it would fall off. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Who do we have next, babes? Next we have Lawrence Cheney. Uh, she's doing a Sweetie Todd, Bride of Frankenstein, and Silence of the Lambs triple mashup. So she's basically in a... I really liked her from the kind of legs... From, like, the waist up. I thought this was great. Legs, waist down, those legs, she was just wearing red tights and heels, and it was a bit like... <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like she should have... I just would have done it all the way to the ground. So like, you know, obviously she was doing Sweeney Todd. I would have done it like a, I loved the top that she had that was the white, like barber's top, but with like the bejeweled blood splatters. Did you? Oh God, I thought that looked like complete shit. Well, you see, I think if that had, imagine if that had been like that and then she had that leather, um, imagine that leather dress thing. Imagine if that had gone down to the ground and had like a split in it. I think it would have mm. all, all made way much more sense and looked better. And because I didn't like the top when I first saw it, I thought it looked like she was just wearing a white t-shirt. But actually, I appreciated that it was bedazzled blood splatters. I thought it was a, a good idea. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love your pitch of of making that leather dress long with maybe like a, a bit of a train at the back yeah. of it. It needed it needed more. It was too just when she first walked out, it was quite hard to tell what was going on. And I felt like she had to explain it. And I know that everyone suddenly was head over heels about it, but I felt like she had to explain it and it wasn't great. Also, she's wearing like, well, I, I understand why she's wearing like white heels to try and time with the white top that I don't like, but I would have done like leather heels as well, leather face heels. I do like that she's got her face hanging. That's that's my favorite thing about this. Look. Yeah, the face, the face is really good. Uh, but yeah, I just, I'm not so sure about this as a whole thing. It was just not, as good as everyone else said it was. I don't know. Next up, we had Ellie Diamond. And she was a goblin, a green goblin with were- werewolf fur and a prosthetic nose. Now, I know, babes, you've, you've had some um, costume experience with, with little bits of fur, haven't you? <laughs> Are you talking about my caveman Halloween <laughs> 2000, whatever it was, university <laughs> look. Yes, I, I've, I've definitely, I've stapled together scraps of fairy fabric before to make an outfit. And uh, hers was, hers was odd. It, she looked like, um, do you remember? Oh, this is, you're not going to like this reference and you're not going to, I feel like you're going to be really angry with me when I try and talk to you about this. I'm already remember, furious. Tell me. <laughs> remember they made the movie out of the game World of Warcraft? Oh my God. And it no, had, of course I don't fucking remember that. I've blocked that crap from my head. <laughs> Basically, I'm just going to talk. So you can just do whatever you need to do. I'm talking directly to the audience here. Okay. So in the World of Warcraft movie, it was very bad and the effects were very bad, but this is exactly what they look like in the World of Warcraft movie. It was very like, <laughs> I can't remember who the main girl in it, but she looked like her and it was bad, like big troll kind of look. And I, I just, I wasn't a fan of the, this kind of Shrek, like also kind of like a chaps, like Shrek in chaps. I was not into it. Yeah. I no, I didn't think it was great. Next kind of, up. Yeah. What, what, oh, no, no, no. I love it. I'm, I'm just cutting you off. I'm just like, we're not talking about fucking World of Warcraft anymore. No, 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 Thank I you, Fraser. I was going to be ruder than that, and I don't want to. Let's move on. Okay, Tia Coffee. She came out in a Medusa skeleton voodoo priestess look. I, I actually quite like this. But maybe it's because, unfortunately, in terms of looks, the bar has been set quite low yeah. for Tia Coffee. So when she came out in this, I was like, good for you. Yeah, absolutely. There was there was absolutely nothing wrong with it, and I think that was 
because we're grading it on the tea or coffee scale, I thought she looked like gorgeous. Yes, I that think, I think like it's such a, a compliment. <laughs> I also think that's such a good description. There was nothing wrong with it. Yeah, c- completely. It just, yeah. And, and I, and it made me be like, great. I love you and I love Tia. Perfect. A okay. Plus. Finally, we had a horror and she was serving Elvira zombie in Vegas in sheer black with dripping silver jewelry and spiderweb panties. And she takes off her wig to reveal a brain. Okay. I just want to say I, love this look i think it's fucking awesome um i love the reveal maybe she could have gone further with the the gruesomeness of it but like honestly fuck every other outfit in this runway this is what i want to see yeah i wish i wish maybe the brain had been a bit bigger like a bit higher off her head so you could really so you could really get into like the detail of it and maybe have some stuff like dripping down yes like so it kind of went right down onto the face so it looked so you couldn't tell that until she took the wig off but i also loved (laughs) when she was describing her outfit she described the spiders on her tits as shavosky like 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 what she was trying to say Swarovski, and she was like, "She's like, oh, she's like, I've got this, 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 and my Shavosky spiders." Shavosky, <laughs> I, I wow! It three times. I was like, I was like, "Is she trying to say Swarovski?" And she was like, "Shavosky, <laughs> Shavosky." But then I don't know. We've been out of the UK a while. Maybe there's a new brand on the street called Shavosky. Shavosky crystals. They're, yeah. they're the new crystals in the scene. <laughs> Okay. But obviously, like like we said, because of the way that this show has manipulated me, in other past weeks I would have been like, "Oh my god, a horror! It's called Sh- it's called Swarovski." I can't believe you said Shavosky. I was like, "I love her, Shavosky. Yeah. Put it on merch. I'll buy it. A Shavosky, a horror Shavosky stoned T-shirt. That's a great name, a horror Shavosky. <laughs> yeah, it literally she it's it's written out the word Shavosky in Swarovski crystals. I would buy it. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so that is our runway. So all the gals are back on stage and they're going to get their critiques. Before we get them, we have, in the safe zone, we've got Tace, Ellie Diamond, and Tia Coffee. Thoughts? Sure. I'd accept I accept it. I think maybe Ellie could have been critiqued. Oh, yes, because her performance was so bad, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, would, have, I would have liked to have seen Ellie in the critique zone. I was very relieved for Tia. I was like, good. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. And taste perfect made perfect sense. She just wasn't as strong as Bimini, but she wasn't bad. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to the critiques. First up, we have Ronnie G. Um, Michelle was saying, I enjoyed your Dominic Pig Medusa. Oh, also, want to shout out earlier, Ronnie G referenced the movie Babe with his look. <laughs> um, so with this, Michelle was saying, this is what I expect from you. Um, you need to go drag goth in the challenge. What did that mean? Oh, yes, because obviously in the challenge earlier, she just, Ronnie G wasn't really doing it. She needed, as my my dad might say, she needed to give it big licks. Do you know that phrase? (laughs) I've never heard that before. Oh, oh my God, giving it big licks, my guy. That's like just going for it. So Michelle's essentially saying you need to, if you're going to do goth, you need to work out what a drag goth is and you need to fucking go for it. Yeah, completely. that's exactly what we were saying. It's like there's a, a drag version of a goth is still has energy and performance, not just like flatline. And then Alan, <laughs> Alan described her look in the goth bit as like Hilary DeVay. You remember from Dragon's Den? No, I don't remember that is. 
so, so <laughs> Dragon's Den is our version of Shark Tank, and there is a one of the sharks, one of the dragons. She's called Hillary DeVay. She's that woman with the the dark hair, and she's like she's got like a really gravelly cigarette voice, and she made all her money in, in like shipping pallets. And she's like really always like go oh, hello. And honestly, like Ronnie G looked exactly like Hillary DeVay in her. <laughs> <laughs> that looks very funny. Love, love that reference to shipping pallets. Yeah, that's how she. That's how she made her fortune, Hillary <laughs> Devay. <laughs> and, and Alan really fucked up her name. He called. Her, she called. He called her like Hillary Duvey, and that's definitely. It's definitely Devay. There was a lot going on. I feel like Americans, like Alan, got the reference wrong, and Americans don't get the reference. It was. There's a lot to think about and unpeel there. Um, Lorraine said for Ronnie G, she can't take her, can't take my eyes off you. What you like? Um, and she, she said, look, look, you need to get over. If you make a mistake, you just need to get over it and just run with it and just, and go for it. Because there wasn't there a moment in the challenge earlier where Ronnie G in the, in the live challenge said something like, Oh, I just, I shouldn't have done that or something yeah, like she, that. She, she, she's like, Oh, you, you really threw me off there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Lorraine essentially says, you look grotesque but beautiful. Um, and, yeah, what did Rue say? Rue was just basically saying they, they had no, there was no, they had no bit. There was no, they had nothing, basically, her and that sister. And, that, that, yeah, they didn't flesh it out, basically. That's right. Okay, moving on to the next one. We've got sister, a oh, sister. I never knew how much I missed ya. A shame about the family tree, but sibling synchronicity. <laughs> so I love that you've got that like so directly uh, ready to go in your head. I just want to have you ever. Uh, the one that I have in my head is Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High. We put down every crowded hall. You can see you there's see a beauty, beauty standing. standing. Is she really everywhere or her reflection? Uh, 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 uh. One is calling out to you, the other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the, the same? same man? Sweet, sweet Valley, Sweet, sweet Valley High. Oh, love that. <laughs> My God. Do you remember one of the twins, one of, played a role in Dawson's Creek and it, just in one episode and she lured Dawson onto a speedboat. I think, oh, didn't Dawson like borrow his dad's speedboat and one of the girls in Sweet Valley High with short hair was on it and then they crashed? Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh my God. Dawson's also, Creek. I know. Oh my God. How hot was Dawson's dad in Dawson's Creek, by the way? I can't believe you just said that. You actually, I was trying to say to you, a friend of mine is rewatching Dawson's Creek and she sent me a screen, like some screenshots of Dawson's dad. And she was like, oh my God, Mitch, like Mitch Leary was so hot. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Dawson's dad was super hot. I'm also, I've just sent you a picture of Hillary DeVay for you to look at. Let me just have a look. Hillary DeVay. Uh, oh yeah. She is, she's, she's spooky. Isn't that exactly what what she looked like as well? What Ronnie G looked like? Well, I anyway. mean, yes, minus, minus the the Medusa snakes and the the no, no, for the in the challenge. Oh, right. 
<laughs> I was getting very confused. Okay. Yeah, she did look like Hilary Dravet. <laughs> anyway, sister, sister, we got very, very distracted there. So basically, um, yeah, Michelle says that comment. She's like, actually, you know, the red hair for the goth look is very, it's very on trend in the goth world. So it's very good. But basically, she's just like, you didn't, you, you just weren't there. You didn't, you need to take your moment. And then later on, they say she was just very disconnected and, yeah, waited for her turn. Lorraine at this point says that <laughs> that she looked like Sonic the Hedgehog was going to come out of her bandages. <laughs> you look like Sonic the Hedgehog's about to burst out. What are you like? Yeah, and, uh, you know, much like how everyone felt in this moment, everyone's, like, Alan was just like, I've seen it before, and Rue was just like, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Um, Bimini Bon Boulash. So Alan said he loved her presenting skills, and in general she was the glue that kept the whole show together, which is true because they kept coming back to her as like the host of the show. Um, she, he classics sort of Alan comment, slut drops and reading from the teleprompter is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. The overall, the overall kind of feedback from all of them for Bimini was the same, that she was great in the challenge, like really strong, really like entertaining and solid. But then it, Michelle, especially like kind of lays us in on the fact that the detail of her look is not great great and she's basically saying like the hair is messy in an unintentional way she's not wearing a lash uh, so you're kind of losing her eyes a little bit and then yeah just i would say as well i don't know if you noticed that the ears the ears were on like a headband and you could just she just sprayed the headband red and it was just plonked on her head whereas i was kind of a bit like oh why didn't the why wasn't the headband like under the wig yeah bimini's look here is it's like the prototype version of this look yeah it's yeah, like everything needs to just just be elevated. Yeah, but then also I think that when I was, you know, I feel like they don't have long to put together to do these looks for the main stage. So I guess maybe, well, I don't know. Some of the stuff could have been pre-done, but I, think I just feel all like these aren't all these looks. Haven't they been told in advance? One week you're going to have most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know they're not. They're not doing it from scratch. But I don't know. I just feel like when there's prosthetics involved, it's kind of a a real risk because you that you know to get all the edges properly done it takes kind of a lot of time and i don't know there was just yeah there was just a few details that that were just a bit unfinished but still i still feel like her look overall was really cool yeah like again as you were saying earlier from afar yeah completely and okay. then jizzle was up next <laughs> and yeah, I feel like I feel like they all had a again very similar similar comments basically. It was all this thing about that they could t- you could tell she's clearly good at improv, but she basically just went manic and went straight to a ten, and then just kind of lost any nuance or kind of detail about it. And then there was that really interesting moment where that because they're talking again about they they're like actually we like this look that you're wearing on the main stage, and Alan brings up the fact that she doesn't wear heels. And then, because I didn't know this beforehand, but basically just before coming into Drag Race, she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So she has basically chronic pain. So can't yeah. be in a, in a heel for, for like any time at all. Yeah. And Alan was like, can you just not wear nicer shoes though? <laughs> he said, just a nicer color. Yeah. Like a nicer <laughs> color then. And then I love Rue just wrapped up saying, oh, this is a very serious topic. We understand. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, Rue's like, you've got to look after yourself. We're not, we're not going to criticize you on this. Thank you very much. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, yeah. doesn't Lady Gaga have, have that? I think so, yeah. 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 Okay. Next up is Magal Laurie Cheney. So, um, yeah, they loved Lawrence. Well, first of all, 
with the actual challenge. They were like, oh, watch out Lorraine, what you like. Um, Lorraine found him absolutely charming. You could be in my show. Oh, she said you could be on, you know, like whether it's like GMTV this morning, anything, you could be in any morning show. I'm like, okay. What, what, what would Lawrence do on these morning shows exactly? But that's fine. Whatever. Um, Rue said in general, she's a natural, c- couldn't get enough, which I mean, is so obvious that like, Rue cannot help herself, but adore Lawrence. And it's, they, they must have had to take out so much of Rue adoring Lawrence, I think. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Basically, they're like, they're like, get to her critique. She's like, Lawrence, as the winner of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race season two, how do you, oh, oh, whoops, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like she's like measuring Lawrence's head for the crown, like every time she talks to her. They, so they really liked her runway look. Michelle said that Lawrence's look was different to what she's done before. Sure, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think it wasn't as good as, it wasn't as good as uh, as, as they thought. It, to me, it feels very much like the exact the, the direct flip of this is Ronnie G. I feel like where Ronnie G flailed in the in the task, it, you know, did I think she did really well on the runway, and I feel like Lawrence is very meh on the runway, but like did excel so much in the challenge that it blinded the judges. But I don't think he did as badly in the runway as Ronnie G did in the challenge. No, the, the, the balance is off. Uh, yeah, not in Ronnie G's favor there. But I don't know. That's just a, a way I was thinking about it. I just, I'm, I wasn't completely convinced by Lawrence's look. I think maybe it's just because from the waist down, it was just a pair of red tights. It really annoyed yeah. me. Yeah. Then we moved on to the final one. We moved on to Ahura. So they obviously loved her in the challenge saying, you know, she hit every beat she referenced Towie, which is the only way is essex uh essentially essentially imagine the hills but set in essex but way trashier and more fun um yeah they loved her i've never thought about how weird that is that Towie, the acronym Towie, is just what we call that tv show now because it's such a long the only way is essex such a long yeah. title it's funny Towie's like what you would you would call it in season one if you worked in the show yeah and then it actually just fully became the way that everyone talks about that show they're like oh did you see Towie? <laughs> <laughs> so weird isn't it we're so used to hearing it i think how strange that is not many tv shows have an acronym that they go by <laughs> yeah it's really weird anyway um so yeah and then basically yeah they were just like you you did they basically just were so complimentary of her about her performance here and uh <laughs> alan, <laughs> alan was like it was like putting your head in a vajazzle and going but one thing they were well alan was basically said, thank god you took your wig off on the runway in general they did say to her you you, you shouldn't worry about looking ugly or looking like a monster that was one of her main critiques yeah. here i i get I, I know that that's one of their critiques that they do say but i don't think that i don't think that she need i think that what she was doing was a very spooky a spooky glamour look and then she had like a grotesque element with the brain and did you see she'd also put like a cut she had like a milky like a milky eye and i i think that was for me anyway that was enough it's like gruesome doesn't always have to be like a hideous monster i don't know I, I felt like that was a bit of a hollow a hollow kind of critique for me i just didn't i didn't agree with them it's like you don't have to i i don't know it's such like a standby on drag race to be like oh you think you're perfection so you you just gotta you know don't be afraid to be ugly it's like yeah fine but do it in a different challenge i don't know i just feel like saying to be in the monster challenge and to look ugly is so kind of 
That's what everyone else did. Exactly. She looked completely different to everyone else. Yeah. I, 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 and I, and I still think she had the monstrous element. So I actually completely disagree with them on that. I think she did enough nods to grotesqueness, but kept it really glamorous. And that made, that's what made it special. But I don't know. I know. I'm, I'm all, I'm all turned around on a horror. I don't know. I'm all, I'm all sixes and sevens. Cause now I think that I love a horror. <laughs> she might be one of my favorite people on, on Drag Race UK now. And I'm very confused. Yeah. Right. So that was it. Then we went backstage and those gals are drinking those lukewarm, uh, very syrupy looking orange juice from concentrate drinks. <laughs> yeah. Really like, yeah, some disgusting <laughs> orange juice with food coloring dripped into it to make it look fun. Yeah. And they're basically the safe queens are just saying, who do they think is going to be, who did the worst? And obviously Ellie and, uh, taste both say Ronnie G and then they, basically forced <laughs> forced here to admit that she thinks ronnie g did the worst overall but in in tases um, in tia's defense here they were just talking about the challenge they weren't talking about challenge combined with runway right okay so that's, that's an fair distinction to make i think because that it makes it sound like they later on when they tell ronnie g they make it sound like tia was like oh you were the worst overall of all of it which is not true i think it's it was a weird conversation i would have said at this point who do you think is gonna be in the bottom two who do you think is going to be in the lip sync? Yeah, it was very odd to specifically single out the worst person overall. It didn't make any sense. You should just like, talk about the, yeah. the bottom. Who do you think? Who do you think is the worst person overall and is going to get kicked out in the lip sync? It's like no, just who do you think is in the bottom? Um, yeah, it was a little bit strange. So they come backstage and Ginny's uh, Ginny's pretty upset here, isn't she? She's yeah. essentially she's just had it. She's um, she says that there are positive and negative critiques. She's, it must be that thing. Okay. If you go into drag race, for example, if I went into drag race, I would just want to get to snatch game. Cause I feel like that's where I could do my thing. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I was looking forward to. And it feels like Ginny thinks that improv is her thing. So to not do super well in it, she must be incredibly deflated. It's like actually in season one with crystal in that big costume challenge, where she was like, this is my thing, and I didn't win it. Yeah. No, com- completely. And I think there's, I think there's, there's in, in this show, sometimes there's queens that like blossom, um, because they discover themselves as they go along. And then sometimes there's queens that come in with such a strong sense of self that, um, when the, sh- when it doesn't quite go in their direction or it doesn't, get- it really like rocks them. And I feel like this week she was like rocked. Like it was, she was just like, well, I'll definitely, I'll win an improv challenge, but it wasn't, she's not being arrogant or anything. It was just, she's just been really shaken to her core by not kind of really, really, really like pulling this one off. And it, and you could tell she's, well, she says herself, she's like, I can feel myself checking out, which is obviously, <laughs> she really does check out. <laughs> yeah. And then poor oh. old sister, sister's trying to talk about how she, how disappointed she is, but she's got those fake teeth in. <laughs> She's like, I'm really disappointed in myself. <laughs> I really thought I was going to smash it. I was like, don't stop saying all these S, these S words with those fake teeth in. She's just sort of going to smash the challenge. But this is such a sizzle. I really liked her makeup here. I got a really good look of it. Like that kind of dark purpley blue eye and the blue lips. I'm like, well, it was all pretty smudgy. Cool. It was all kind of, it was all very like, uh, very kind of smudgy and like blur, almost blurred looking, wasn't it? She'd done a real yes. like smoked out like blur and it looked really cool. Um, and then <laughs> throughout all of this, I was thinking, Ronnie G, if you're in the bottom two, how the fuck are you going to sing? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was, she was in for, a, she was in real danger. She had a lot going on. That's the, that's the, the kind of, the, the poison chalice of the, of the lip sync. It's like, yeah, sometimes you can really pull something off. It's like, sometimes you just are wearing something you can't move in or you can't do anything in. Yeah. And you've had, there's queens have fallen foul to that in the past where they've like tried to rip their dresses off and it's not worked. And oof, it's, it's a tough speaking one. Of, speaking of Ronnie G, here she's saying to everyone, you've all, you underestimated me once, don't do it again. She is pissed. Yeah, this was tough though, because they basically were like, she's obviously annoyed because they basically talk about the fact that they talked about who did the worst and they all said her. So she's, she's on the defense quite rightly and she's angry and annoyed, but then she, she goes too far. And basically I think it's a horror. She's trying to like a horror is trying to like wrap up the conversation by just, she's like, Oh, I'm just going to say something like generically supportive so that we can just kind of put an end to this part of the conversation. So she's like, she says to Ronnie, she's like, well, you know, just go out there. You know, if you're on the bomb too, go out there and just like, give it your best and like you know you just got to turn it up and just give it to them and and ronnie's like well i'm not going to do that thank you very much i'm going to do what i've always done which is this this and this and it's like oh it's like i don't think she was trying to tell you that like, what to do there i think she was just trying to do like a generic comment and move on and it was like Ooh. but then did you <laughs> i have to say <laughs> sister sister's joke here was the only one and only time that sister sister has made me like cackle out loud did you did you get this bit where she's basically <laughs> she's talking about it. she's she's like oh god veronica's like you know veronica's just out for herself she's you know we're all performing on rupaul's drag race and she's on veronica's drag race and then she <laughs> she does a theme change she's like veronica's drag race it's dead boring <laughs> really made me laugh. She, she she got me there i have to say so we get back on the stage and safe, the three safe gals are Bimini, Ahora, and Veronica Green, which means the winner Shocker. is Lawrence Cheney. I was pissed. I thought yeah. it should have been Ahora. It should have been Ahora. It, it, like, there was nothing, there was absolutely nothing about Lawrence's outfit that was better than Ahora's, and Ahora did better in the challenge. Yes. Lawrence did the same that she's always done in the challenge, which is very, very well. Ahora, like, rose and shone the, the brightest out of everyone in that challenge, way more than Lawrence. And I think when the winner was announced, Ahora, she sort of gave that look of, I think she thought she was going to win. Yeah, she, she should have won. Yeah, she should have won. And she looked over at Lawrence and kind of did that kind of slight smile, that slight nod, like, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm really like angry about this. I think she was fully robbed. Oh, and wait a minute. Thinking of it last week when Lawrence won, Lawrence was quite surprised he won last week and didn't, wasn't there a moment last week where Ahura clearly thought that she was going to win? Yeah. <laughs> yes interesting interesting okay let's <laughs> let's get to this lip sync <laughs> right well who's in the bottom two babes okay, sister sister didn't know how much i missed you and Ginny lemon are bottom two and they're going to be lip syncing to <laughs> a very wild cover of you keep me hanging on by kim wilde very just uh, very i didn't know this song existed did you that she'd I, covered this song no no clue and i was like what has this got to do with anything this week yeah, very odd. It was weird that it wasn't like a more of a monstery, spooky song. That would have made more sense to have like a Halloweeny song, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, uh, Little Mix Black Magic. Yeah, yeah, 
just and it's it just is very odd because it's now listen i have i've worked on a bbc show before and actually one of my jobs on that show was to send multiple options of music that i wanted to be cleared to use on the show that i was working on and they're pretty they're pretty good at clearing songs for bbc shows so i don't know why this list was why you keep me hanging on by kim world made it onto this list very odd very odd okay anyway so this lip sync it starts off and right away Ginny starts walking to the back of the stage i was like oh this is interesting because i could see her mouth she's not lip syncing mm. what's she doing is she going to do some sort of like run up jump performance thing what's she up to but babes what did she do well she got to the back of the stage <laughs> she turned to the side and just went <laughs> just walked off she left oh, she, she left off she fucked off, didn't she? So someone oh. said that she'd Ben de la Kremt. So what was that reference, please? Okay, so Ben de la Kremt. So in All Stars uh, 2 or 3, I can't remember exactly which All Stars it was. Um, you know the, you know the format of All Stars. You know how they they, they have they write their names on the lipstick of who they want to eliminate, Oh, yes, right? that's right. So Ben de la Kremt, she was consistently winning every single challenge in All Stars. And it got to a week where, again, she won the, the lipstick for your legacy. And you have to write the name of... You, you you pick the lipstick of who you want to send home from the bottom queen. So that was kind of the format. She'd been winning, 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 winning. She'd won yet again. And it got to the moment where she had to reveal who she was sending home. And she had, using whiteout translation Tipex, had changed the name on the lipstick and put her own name on there. So it said Ben, she'd written like Dela on there. And she basically was like, I'm sending myself home. Goodbye. And just left all stars. Why did she do that? She says her justification was that she, uh, All Stars 3, thank you, Brie. <laughs> uh, she, she, her justification on All Stars was that, she, was that she was like, I came, I achieved what I came here to do, which was to, you know, prove to everyone that I could win all the challenges and do this and this. And I did what I did and I needed to go. It was everyone's, it's all, it's kind of gone down in like legend as like, oh, she kind of was like, it's almost like she was scared that she was going to lose after winning so ah. much. So she decided to leave on high. That was kind of Dayla Bendel's whole thing was that she was miscongenialitying. I think she'd reached a point where she didn't want to send either of the girls home that she had to send home. So she sent herself home. That's what she says is her justification. So back to the UK season two. So Ginny trots off and fair play to sister, sister. She just carries on like she, because it, would you not be like, oh, wait, something happened. Does she need to go to the toilet? She okay? Yeah, should, should we stop? Yeah, you'd be like, oh, are we going to stop? Yeah, camera's down. Okay, I'll just, I'll just wait. And, <laughs> but she, you know, she, she really goes for it. And, um, Tia made me howl out loud here where she basically said, she's like, well, she's like, fair play to sister. She's really going for it. She's twirling around the thinnest ponytail you've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> that ponytail was a very anemic looking ponytail. Just yeah, a few it was, strands. It, was, it needed, it needed like a full like wigs worth of hair to go into that ponytail. It was thin a limb. <laughs> so she does her song. She's pretty good. The judges are loving it. They're having a great time. Um, and yeah, at the end, they're like, so Ru, who are you going to, you going to send home? Who are you going to, yeah. what are you going to do? So of course, sister, sister is told Shantae, you stay. Uh, and yeah, sister yeah. jokingly thanks the judges. That was question, funny. That was funny. She's like, thank you. you. <laughs> How do you feel about Jenny leaving? doing this um i i think she was gonna get sent home anyway because i don't think that she would have i don't think i just don't think i feel like sister would have done that exact lip sync and Ginny would have done something else and i don't think it would have worked yeah 
So I think she like preemptively sent herself. Home. So I think that there's a, there's an argument for like, it's bad sportsmanship to be like, I'm just going to go. But I, what I, part of me likes it because it was a moment and it was a thing. Yeah. So I like, I like the spectacle of it. And I, I've already seen like a million, a million billion memes of like, of her doing it. My favorite one being like, I think it was, it was saying like, oh, as soon as they open up the clubs, it was like, it was like, as soon as they open the clubs, me 20 minutes into the night out, getting into my yeah. Uber and leaving. It was her totally. just being like, <laughs> I like, I like the fact that it must be so hard going in the show and she's struggled and she's a bit like, do you know what? essentially she's on a reality tv show that's created for our entertainment and she's like you know what i'm gonna take control and i'm gonna do what i think is best for me and i'm gonna do that so i have a lot of respect for that yeah she and she did it in a way where it didn't like fuck anyone over so she didn't kind of i don't know it wasn't just like there, you know, there was other queens in the bottom too, and then she just left the show, and it was all just pointless. She she did it in a way where it was like the most respectful, but it, it just I liked it. Like I said, it was like a moment. It was kind of it, it was a thing, and I like that. I like when there's something a bit different on Drag Race because we've only you know Ben de la Creme sent herself home, and then I think Willem got like kicked off back in uh, season four. But like apart from that, and then, then I think we lost uh, a girl to injury. But apart from that, it's very rare to like <laughs> lose a queen outside of the format of, of, uh, you know, Shantae you stay and Sashay away. So it was kind of a, it was a new, it was a new wrinkle. I don't feel lost, like we've ever had a girl to walk off before. The phrase lost a girl to injury seems like a real euphemism. Um, actually, like you're, you're like a press conference and everyone's like asking you hard hitting questions like, well, yes, we lost a girl to injury. Next question. Thank you. It was, it was Eureka. She, uh, she had to just go. She literally just was like, I've hurt my leg. Goodbye. <laughs> I also would spend the whole time. I mean, this again, this is so easy to say when you're not in the pressure cook of the show, but I'd spend the whole time thinking, how am I going to create moments? How am I going to like fuck things up a bit to, to actually they have to put them on camera and have to make a thing out of them and people have to talk about me you know what i mean we would you and i couldn't go on a reality show because i feel like we would have so much in our heads about the final result that we would crash and burn in a spectacular (laughs) i feel like i would have so many thoughts that i the whole thing would shut down and i would have nothing well because you're overthinking it on so many different levels malfunction i feel like my head would genuinely just explode like a malfunction robot and they'd just be like they'd be like fraser's left the competition because his head fully blew off of his body <laughs> he was overthinking things to the point of insanity and they're like fraser's committed to a mental health quite literally had like a, a schism and like lost his mind <laughs> during the show um Hey, question for you before we do our final thoughts. I mean, you really identify with Tia Coffee. How do you feel yeah. about that? Do you, do you, and do you accept that? Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I've, I've never felt so close to a queen on any of these shows. I think it's like the Clapham of it all and the kind of like, you know, I'm, she's, she's kind of underestimated. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> in our circle of friends, I'm sometimes mocked a little bit in the way that she is. <laughs> So I really like, I really identify her and, and like root for her like a lot. Well, question for you. As someone who's watched pretty much all of Drag Race ever and I'm much more of a newbie, who the fuck's my queen? Who am I? What, it, oh, like in, of all time? Yeah. Is there anyone that's really me? Well, it's, I mean, I'm, oh, you're really putting me on the spot here because I, <laughs> yes, there are definitely some queens that have your qualities. <laughs> yes. 
boiling, if we're boiling our personalities down into fun, you know, stereotypes, there's definitely, if I'm the kind of uh, the ragtag basic queen, there's definitely been a few queens that would be like you. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Noted. I'm saying, I'm saying every season has a villain, babes. <laughs> So that is our episode. Now, obviously, next week we get uh, a coming up and we see that everything is being shut down for COVID. Yeah. Although I feel like that was uh, the way that they filmed that made it look like next week's episode is going to be like some crazy, like out of the box situation. But I do think that because they're, they're still in the same outfits from this week, I feel like it's the come in, talk about the mirror message. I feel like they're going to have that and be like, we're closing down for COVID. There'll be like a, I feel like there'll be like a black screen and like a production had to close down for four months, yada, yada, yada. And then it'll be like, we're back. And then I'm hoping that's all it is. I don't want any more than that. I I want like I want to talk about it because they have to, but I don't want to have any more conversation about it after that. Although the only thing I want them to do is maybe as soon as they get back into the, the workroom, I'm be like, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I like, I want someone to be like, well, actually I've used this time to fucking learn how to sew, or <laughs> I've realized that Lawrence is my biggest, you know, threat. Yeah. So I've, I've worked in my comedy. I don't know if they sent them home, home, or if they got fully just put into like, because you, you get put in, you're basically on like in storage for the show anyway, aren't you? Like uh, sequestered away from everyone. So I want to know no, if they sequestered they away. home. Because it was like for four, it was like for months. They're not like on a BBC three fucking budget. Do you think they put them up at that Pinewood Hotel for four months? <laughs> they can't afford to keep them at that Pinewood Hotel. Although I'm really worried because I feel like I don't know where I heard this from or where I read this. I feel like I heard that someone doesn't come back because of COVID. Like someone gets it and can't come back on the show. I've heard that as well. I'm really worried about that. I'm like really, really worried because I, I I treasure them all so much. I don't want to, I need everything to stay within the confines of Drag Race. I don't need COVID getting its bullshit fingerprints all over this as well. I'm worried. Or, or do you think someone might not come back because they just like have a bit of a realization during the four months? I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if like the way I read that now, I'm like, and now I'm worried. Now I'm thinking that maybe it's because Ginny left and everyone was like, oh, one of the like real forerunners, one of the forefront people who's like really popular leaves. And maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous and I, I very much need it to be just a very small conversation. And then I need business to be resumed as normal. I'm not interested in hearing about anything else. All, all to say I'm intrigued by what next week's episode is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I continue to be charmed, titillated, amused in love with this UK season. It's like just so good. I'm so happy. <laughs> never, I've never been, never been more proud of our nation. What about I you? Know, me, too, me too, genuinely. For like, just for us living out here and everything being so weird and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I'm homesick in like the best way when I watch Drag Race UK. It makes me so happy. I mean, I don't want to go home, but it makes me happy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap UK. This episode was produced by Bree Weiss. If you've got something to say, get in touch. Drop us an email at dragracerecapuk at afterthought.media. Yes, and please listen to us on our podcast, You're Welcome America. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and all those good places. And follow us on our Instagram. We're at You're Welcome America, which is the letters You Are Welcome America. For bonus Drag Race UK content and more, support the show over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Drag Race Recap UK is an Afterthought Media podcast.
Okay, babes, let's talk a little bit about season 13. Let's hop over the pond, back to these shores, and let's do it. Now, I'm one week behind you. I'm only in episode five, but I have some deep, deep thoughts. Yeah. I think let's, let's do, let's have a little general, a general overview, and then I'll get into some specifics that I want to talk about. Lovely. I don't know. I feel like you're probably going to have the exact same opinion as me when I say this, but I feel like the problem with season 13 for me is that having it on the same time as the UK is really giving it a bad comparison. And I feel like maybe if season 13 was on at a different time, I wouldn't have such a, some of these feelings that I have about it. Cause I am still enjoying it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm never going to complain about an abundance of, of drag race. Like I, I, I could watch all of it, but I think there's something so, something so kind of so fresh and charming about the UK show that in comparison to the US to season 13 is getting really mean. Yeah. It's quite mean spirited. Everyone on there feels kind of mean and it's getting a little like hard to watch. It is. It is a real bunch of reality show monsters who've been feeding on 12 other seasons of Drag Race and now it's their turn and they're really blossoming in the worst way. I do want to give a shout out to some of my faves, however. Simone, I utterly adore. I think Goddess. Got Mick seems, seems great. Um, and I think that is where my list of people I like on Drag Race 13 ends. Unless uh, there's anyone you, else you want to give a oh, shout okay. out to? No, no, no. You, yeah. Like, cause you haven't seen the latest episode. Olivia Lux. Oh, in this latest episode, she was just stunning. It was like a disco themed episode and she, she won the whole thing and she like, they said it, they, they basically said it when she was on the runway, they were doing like their critiques and she was like smiling and looking nice. And they basically summed it up perfectly where they were just were like, you are a ray of like light and sunshine and positivity. And it's not, and the thing with her is she's not, um, she's not fake positive. It's not her just being like, yeah. ah, and then she's like, she just, she has like an inner light that like radiates out of her. And she looked so good in the, in the challenge in general and so good on the runway in uh, last night's episode. And like, she she really like rose to the to the top of the the heap actually and in a way that where I was like oh I've, I was like oh I've kind of forgot you were here but wow you are like a really good queen yeah and like Simone is really bringing it Lala Ree is like terrible but very watchable very funny like she's the one that did that terrible bag look you know in the last episode <gasps> oh yeah okay actually okay I take it back Lala Ree and Olivia they seem like nice girls like nice people fine. But I, and I'm excited to see what you're saying about Olivia with this challenge. Um, yeah. now also, and I know she went away in last week's episode, but Tamisha also seems good, but not great. Yeah. Like just she, yeah. She has a, she has a real, uh, a, a real story arc. And in that last episode, it was quite like heartbreaking. Um, she oh, kind no. of revealed herself and her health issues that have been like truly physically holding her back on the show and it kind of and she chose not to talk about it she only talks about it in the interview like post doing the show she didn't talk about it she she literally didn't even mention it on like the main stage so only the producers know about it so like um she basically said that she came out she came out saying that she wears like a a colostomy bag or she said ostomy bag but i don't know if it's a difference in the countries she basically wears like a colostomy bag um, all you know all the time so she's oh. restricted in her movement which is why in like dance challenges and stuff like that she isn't able to just physically isn't able to move as much as the others and but she didn't she, i think she honestly didn't tell anyone until 
or she didn't tell it like as a as a show point. She talked about it in that episode, but like it just, oh, just like was I, I was really uh, when she when she went, I was really upset, and I I just feel like many queens have had there's been health issues on the show and people have talked about it some haven't some haven't but this one was like i was like oh okay this is i felt like we've gone too far this time i was like i don't i don't think she should i genuinely think she should have got like i don't know it it just was too much she just was it made me so sad and she was great because didn't she i remember she said right at the beginning she was meant to be in the previous season season 12 but she got cancer didn't she yeah yeah so like so it's basically you know, as far as the other contestants and the judges know, she's, you know, she's in recovery from cancer. And, you know, that's part of it is that she, you know, she wasn't almost what she was told she wasn't gonna be able to like move or walk like a few months ago, but they didn't know that extra, the extra thing about the colostomy bag, which is physically holding her back from doing stuff. So, and you know, that's a lot to like, that's a lot psychologically to deal with because it's such a, a, a change in your life and the way that you live your life. It's, it's just, it, for the first time ever, it felt like something so much bigger than the show that I was like, I felt really emotional watching that episode last night, like genuinely. Uh, and it, 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 yeah, it was really tough. Do you think, sorry, you go. go no, no, no. I just say there's just, it, just in terms of the show, just back to like the, the silliness of the show, there's like a, a clique forming. They call themselves the Mean Girls and it's Candy, Tina Burner and Got Mick. And I'm really worried about Mick in that, in that trio because Candy is coming across really badly. Mm. And Tina, Tina Burner is like also not coming across as the warmest, the, the, the coziest character on that season. And it's, it's tough. Actually, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm literally just, I'm, I'm on like a full rant here, but I'm just going to do one extra quick rant about, uh, this week's episode that made me furious and will make you furious too, is it was a disco, it was basically a disco themed challenge. It was all about the history of disco and all of this different stuff. And hardly like basically none of the Queens knew about disco what? and like, didn't know the difference between like Donna summer. And uh, it just, it was just really, I think it Rue was like, what's the difference between Diana Ross and Donna summer. And one of them was like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, uh, what? I just was, I was floored that so many queens of all different ages did not understand the very like f- basics of disco. I was kind of angry about it. And I've seen online, they're getting a lot of backlash about it, actually. Well, I think when we were growing up, disco had like in the early 2000s, there was like a kind of a disco renaissance where a lot of people, particularly in Europe and the UK, were doing like disco themed things. Like if you think of Kylie back then was spinning around. There was a lot of like references to disco. And yeah. also what in 1998, they had that studio 54 movie with Ryan Philippe, or Felipe, however you pronounce it. Oh. So I feel, I feel like we were conscious of it, but actually other than the Kylie disco album, which came out last year, but hardly anyone in the U S knows about, there hasn't been like a big, wait a minute i'm talking utter shit all of last year was about disco do a yeah. album was about disco like my well, cyrus think, lent into it I think that, and the, but i think the issue that, that came out of it from last night was that a lot of the a lot of the conversation was about like the imp- political impact of like of disco being this kind of queer like queer black trans like very kind of it, it was it, that that's a lot of what the focus of what rue was trying to make them talk about and i think a lot of the like blowback they're getting is that the girls just didn't know any they're like oh i didn't know that or like any of this stuff and it was a bit like oh i think that's what they're getting the the blowback about is that they didn't really understand that it in america it had like a 
a political kind of yeah. reason and edge to it. And I think that was kind of a little bit of a, they dropped the ball a little bit on that, the girls. Drop the disco ball. Am I right? Just to clarify my point, what I was saying was I feel like when we were younger, all the kind of disco renaissance made us go back and discover yeah, yeah, yeah. original no, no, disco yeah. and discover the original disco scene. And, you know, I've always said if I could go back in time to any point in history, it would be back to Studio 54 to the front of the line and I'd get in. <laughs> yeah. Well, we <laughs> that road trip we had is it last year where we exclusively listened to disco songs like the whole way to Palm Springs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Um, other episodes we should quickly discuss. So episode six, you've talked about episode five. We had the bag ball. Um, that was pretty rough at times. Oh my God. That, that coach thing going on. Can we talk about that? I think the coach bag that they all had to carry down the runway. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was rough. That was spectacular. Um, <laughs> And to be honest with you, that bag episode, I feel like the only thing I'm ever going to remember from that episode is Lala Ree's bag look. Like I can't, I feel like I can't, always can't remember what anyone else wore on that, that runway because that, those gift bags st- yeah. stuck to that course. It's like the only I, thing I can remember. I also just love her excuse of like, yeah, I started sticking on bags, but I ran out of bags. So I'm just wearing this. <laughs> I'm like, huh? You didn't, you didn't think like, oh, I might change it up. Um, also interesting <laughs> that Nicole Byer has been back twice. Do you think that, cause I know they taped this, I think May last year kind of prime yeah, early covid do you think they, they they have like a pool of people that they have to draw yeah they, they 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 have so basically in episode six they had lonnie love back who was in episode oh, yeah. four i think so yeah they're like they basically i had nicole Byer talking about it on another podcast she she did it twice i think lonnie love does it twice and someone else does it twice. so they basically are just like flip-flopping the same the same people yeah <laughs> but they um i just don't you feel like with that with lala Ree's bag look I know that it was one of the worst looks. It's literally going to people discussing how it's one of the worst looks in Drag Race history. But I also feel like, much like the iconic like Firebird thing that, um, oh my god, I've forgotten her name. Uh, it'll come back to me. But like, I do feel like it's that bag look, and her lip sync performance is going to go up in like the the halls of like history of like kind of iconic because she was so funny and so good at that lip sync. I love I love Lala Ree's like essence and and style and attitude she has this like the way she like struts around and like like in that episode they they did like that mini ball you know in the mm-hmm. in the workroom and she like was doing all the categories i just there's something about lala Ray that i really love that you know remember when she was praying when she was sending that prayer to god and she was like she's like okay bitch do this and then she's like no 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 sorry god i didn't mean to call you a bitch girl help me out here like she's <laughs> she's really fucking funny like she's funny as hell what would your bag look be Oh God. Um, cause I've already thought know. about this cause I panicked sure. cause you know, I don't sew. So I was like, Oh fuck, it's a sewing week. It's what, what am I going to do? So I've got two options for you. One, I take Lala Ree's bag look, but I blow it out and I have millions of bags and there's lots of different props and all the different bags. So it's like constant Brilliant. reveals. That's one of them. My Brilliant. other thought, what's that? Millions. Millions. Um, It's made up of a million bags. (laughs) And then my other bag look was I would construct a giant, huge, voluminous voluminous gown out of trash bags and I'd walk down the runway and then I would cut them open and then the trash would just go everywhere. Ooh, glamorous trash. Glamour glamour trash. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
I'm trying to think about it. I was like, no, I can't think of another. another do you know what, babe? You can borrow. You can borrow the bag. Look, I don't do. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So season thirteen. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, just overall, I'd say. Uh, of all the negative things I've talked about, I'm still really enjoying watching it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I saw people online being like, I'm not going to watch. They don't know about disco. I'm so angry. They're so mean. Yada, yada, yada. It's like, guys, let everyone just take a fucking breath and like appreciate the fact that a great TV show is on television. Just shut up. Okay. We're all, we're all entitled to our opinions and how we feel, but let's not like, I'm seeing like people getting, you know, there's a lot of thing going on about people getting death threats and like what? Candy Muse getting like, death threats for like how she had an argument really on Untucked. It's like everyone just stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think this season, again, I will watch all the episodes and enjoy them. I think because we're watching at the same time as the UK and you touched on it before, the UK's episodes are so charming and the cast is so strong. And I just don't think the season 13 cast is as strong as say, season 12 cast so it's just it's a little bit of a struggle but there's also just the element of we're 13 seasons in i know this is a big country but there are only so many good queens we can do let's be honest in the uk i think we're going to get three good seasons and then it's going to really start to go downhill <laughs> i don't know i i think that i think that they handicapped the girls in season 13 with this weird starting thing that they did i totally get it that you that they have and w- reserve the right to mix up the format but the this was a, such a it, it was like it stalled it was like a like a three episode of an engine stalling you know it was kind of like oh okay oh okay oh and now we start and i just felt like it did them a disservice and just kind of made it feel like a weird sputtering kind of start to the season and it, i don't know it just it feels a little disjointed it all feels a little wonky this season mm, it's wonky. a little wonky Wonky uh, season, I, wonky. Got yeah, it. And I, it's a, I'm, like I said, don't get me wrong. Still very happy. I mean, I've got a great rotation of shows at the moment. I've got uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Drag Race UK, Drag Race US, and then inexplicably, I've decided to watch Dance Moms from the beginning. So <laughs> I've got a lot on my my television viewing plate right now, and it is. I'm so happy. I, I, on my to-do list, I, well, I watched the Britney documentary last night. We'll discuss that another time. I also want to watch the Wendy Williams documentary. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. I really want to watch that Wendy Williams thing. Fuck your Queen's gambits and your other bullshits. Fuck your Bridgertons. You can all go fuck yourselves. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch Dance Moms on Hulu. <laughs> Uh, I'm literally like, I haven't got the time for all this TV. And then it's like, well, I found the time to watch a show from like 2007. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll continue to watch season 13. I'm excited to watch episode six tonight, particularly because you've ruined it for me. And now I know everything that happens. So thank you for that, babes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>